You are listening to the Brenton Thwaites Hour, presented by Exceptional Thieves. Well, it was nice meeting you, and once again, my apologies for being such a clumsy fool. I'm looking for a pirate, Captain Jack Sparrow. You hear me? Nothing bad's gonna happen to you. Do you know how long I've been waiting for this moment? The risks I've taken to be here. All I'll say about Bradley Cooper. <laughs> what the fuck? All, all I'll say is okay. that it is undeniably funny that when he played Elephant Man on Broadway, yep. he did it with no prosthetics at all. And when he played Leonard Bernstein, a famous Jewish composer, he had to put a big fake notes on. I didn't know he played Elephant Man on Broadway. Yeah. And he just does a funny face. And it's all fine, like apparent, like Bernstein's family are all involved, and like everyone's everyone's cool with it. But it is undeniably funny. <laughs> He's like, I can't do this without the nose. No. <sighs> and that's all you'll say. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay, cool. That's all I'll say about Bradley Cooper. I'm glad that I've been um, privy to your thoughts. He's not going to get the Oscar, is he? No. And it, I'm worried about him. It's an it's an Austin Butler situation. <laughs> you know. I mean, I think Austin Butler's doing okay. I think Bradley Coop, Bradley Cooper, I think, has had a very interesting path, where he was the guy from The Hangover, mm-hmm. great actor, whatever, and then he did Silver Linings Playbook, uh-huh. and he got a whiff of that Oscar world. Completely unjustified, as I said at the time and have said since. Not a fan of that movie. And he's just never been able to let it go. And he's just been chasing that gold ever since. I mean, he's done other, like, he's, he's done good acting stuff. He's a good actor. He's done, he's done good acting. Yeah. But Maestro just feels so... It's simultaneously it's Oscar like, ge- genetically engineered to win Oscars, uh-huh. while also obviously not gonna, mm-hmm. because just wrong subject. Those matter. films come out quite often. Like Bradley, this is why you didn't win Best Director for A Star Is Born, because it's just about music and sadness, yep. and your movie needs to be about something important. the Holocaust disability and addiction one of those things <laughs> that's what people or i guess or like now hunting a murderer hunting hunt, yeah there are many know. options of oscar winning things also it doesn't matter but i think you can you can tell that every every year there are about 3 films that are just made as bait we're yeah. going to get nominated because we're a like a big budget, like a, a film studio has made this, but it feels like it could have been an indie film. Yeah. You know, this they're acting pieces. Yeah. And they're not necessary. I think you could do that. Like, Maestro wasn't a film that needed to be made. Well, no. Yeah. You saw it? No. Okay. <laughs> I've seen the trailer. <laughs> we watched Maestro. Just to... You know, get people off your back about it. Sum it up. That's yeah. why I'm watching the bear. 
just so people will stop bringing it up. Um, not massive fans of either of them, as, as I think we talked about the other day. I see the I see the Bears value. <laughs> I, it's not hitting the right flavor clusters for me. And that's I think because I don't care enough about food. So, yeah. and I know it's not sandwiches. It's about his brother, but it's also about sandwiches. They're just so. everyone's just just yelling so much, uh-huh. and even the characters that are like meant to be good at sandwiches are yelling all the time as well and and you know and i don't bring this up this up often but i work in an emergency department a lot of the time is there a lot of yelling no oh that's that's weird that that everything we know <laughs> about how to best support people to do complicated high stakes things quickly in a high pressure environment is to do the exact opposite of what everyone in kitchens seemingly always do. Yeah. but you And I know it's meant to be bad. Like, I'm only on season one. I know, like, you're, it's not meant to be like, this is how kitchens should work. It's meant to be shit. Mm-hmm. But it does, it, there's an, always an element of it with kitchens and with chefs where, like, but to some degree, you do have to be, like, weeping blood and screaming at each other in order to get these meals out. That's just what kitchens are. Yeah, that's and what Kitchen Nightmares with I, Gordon Ramsay has always yeah, been about. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just disagree, and it seems silly. Well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Sorry to alienate everyone maybe in hospitality. the medical profession should get a little taste of yeah. actual stress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I don't want to be that guy, but like, right? It's sandwiches. Yeah, it's, it's just sandwiches, I guys. Um, I when I th- think about the bear and like it's good, and the acting's great, but the stress that it causes, I hate. I don't love to like just keep bringing it up, but I, we we finished Ted Lasso recently. All right, and that show is just so good because everyone in it is just nice <laughs> all the time. They're having a good time. They smile. They're friends to each other. There are villains. Yeah. But it is just a good feels show. So, like, if you're yeah. getting stressed from the bear, can recommend a little bit of Ted to make it. Oh. See, that's the thing. I'm not asking for shows to make me feel good. I um, I enjoy watching characters suffer immensely. You're going to enjoy that in Ted. Just it's still going to make you feel good. Just Yeah, just the causes of the suffering... I don't know. I will. In, I in think the bear, their I'm, suffering is self self inflicted to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. In the and they're all amazing actors, and they deserve the awards, and it deserves all of its praise. Just for me, <laughs> then this is just for me. It's not. Um, it's not coming from my. And I realize. I think I don't like the bear. In this, it's not. That, it's not that I don't like the bear. That's that's, that's even that saying it too strongly. The reason the bear isn't taking over my mind and soul the way is a lot of other people mm-hmm. is for the same reason I couldn't really get into Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Everyone, everyone's having so much drama. Mm. Big deal. Don't have to be in that gang. Yep. Just don't be a biker. How about you go through the incalculable suffering of oh I don't know having a normal job and not exposing everyone you know to, to the this violence game. and danger of and being like, in a bikey gang. Yeah, because something about the bikey gang... Or that, that bikey like, gang specifically. Like, and okay, this is escalating way too far. <laughs> I know people don't just freely, rationally choose to engage in crime and even organized crime. It is a result of desperation and all sorts of things. The characters <laughs> in Sons of Anarchy didn't read to me like these are people 
in a desperate situation. in a desperate situation who are engaging in crime because this is their only social option mm-hmm. in the world around them. No, because it's like, made to be a family. They're a like they're lots a family. of people. They're already in that. I, yeah, I mean, like, like lots of people who are in who are in gangs and stuff. It's not that easy to just leave that gang, mm. you and whatever. But just something about if you're Charlie Hunnam in this particular time and place in the world, uh-huh. it just feels like a lot of this is self inflicted shit. And if you guys could just de escalate and make your money a different way, yeah, you wouldn't be having all these problems. <laughs> This is I don't know true. how much this holds up as a critique. I mean, but I just made that connection in my mind. What my one of my favorite parts about Sons of Anarchy was seeing Ron Perlman do good acting. Yeah, because you for don't sure. get that a lot. I love Ron Perlman. Again, everything stands great acting, lots of great storylines and stuff. When that guy's wife just gets shot in the head, oh, for fuck's and sake. he's still in it. <laughs> I'm just like, this is this is just it's just stupid. Like you don't have to be doing this. I feel like with a lot of just shows, move, though, just get 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 on your bike, go to a different town, yeah. and have a less exciting life. Yeah, start a different biker gang that plants flowers. Yeah, mm. and there's lo- and 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 there's lots of biker gangs that are non-criminal. True, you know, in the Mo- real world, in the real world, in the in the real Motor, world, motorbike crime, not on the TV world, motorbike crime, <laughs> motorbike crime, motorbike and crime are not inextricably linked. This summer. Anyway. Motorbike crime. <laughs> crime. Just got two wheels. <laughs> it's just a motorbike. Like Night Rider. Like that no movie one's about on the killer tire that just rolls around yes. killing people, but it's a motorbike. It's the sequel. Nice. There's two wheels. <laughs> this time, they've got an engine. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> now it's just cars. <laughs> Like, Every now and then I think about how weird the movie Cars is. I'm looking forward to when Cars becomes public domain, like Winnie the Pooh, yeah, and we can do the blood and honey yeah, version. How do Cars make baby cars? I don't know. You know, I don't think I've ever even seen those movies, but I'm aware of the ways in which the world doesn't make sense. It's 2024, Isaac. Cars. We're back. <laughs> the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. And it's everyone's favorite week of the year. It's Titans Week. <laughs> when we watch the whole season of titans and for the last time we've done we've done titans we had a little bit of a break we had a little christmas break did you enjoy it i did i did as well mm. i can't tell you how much i enjoyed not doing this <laughs> but we've returned with a real bang of having to get through 12 hours of content in order to do one episode it's just um, so long yeah but happy ha- happy new year everyone we're going to be, we're getting straight back into it with Hello Everyone, this is Welcome to Exceptional Thieves. This is a podcast where nice. Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. Isaac is and me. This is, you might have been expecting the latest episode of Turns of Phrase, our new uh, special series, watching and reviewing the entire filmography of the king of film, Brendan Fraser, mm-hmm. which is, this kind of is. It works out to be a this nice, is, nice, nice part. Yeah, this is a crossover episode with our previous series, The Brenton Thwaites Hour. Before Brendan Fraser, we covered Brenton Thwaites. Brenton and Brendan, getting saying these names together, it gets difficult. So this is kind of the latest episode of The Brenton Thwaites Hour. There's no new content to do after this. We're waiting to see what he announces next. But... Oh, he's in How to Make Gravy, isn't he? Yeah, but 
th- that was he posted that on his Instagram. I mean, it's, that doesn't come out until Christmas. It's still. also not on his Wikipedia or anything else. I, well, that's it, it could that's have literally good. been he's in town. Call someone we know to come and be a part of this. Yeah, but like they announced there was an announcement they've wrapped filming on it. Hmm. But I don't know. I'm just I'm waiting to TBD. Cool TBD. But season four of Titans. Is the Brendan Fraser is also in it. Yeah. The voice of Brendan Fraser. For one episode. Yeah. Well. Yeah. One and a bit episodes. One and a bit episodes. Yeah. No, really just one. And they definitely use him to great. To great effect. Great, great effect. To great effect. Um, so that's what we're here to talk about today. But obviously we've had a big break. So have you seen any good movies lately? I've seen a couple. We've covered Maestro. Oh, we have. Has nothing to say about anything. <laughs> Is enjoyable. I watched The Creator. Oh, yeah, me too. I liked The Creator. Yeah. I think it could have been bigger in, um, I'd say, emotional stakes. Okay. Because, like, it was good, but I don't think you got enough of the... Like, it did a very good job of making those two American people hunting them down super racist against the, the machines. Yeah. Like, they were, like, horrific villains. But I'm trying to remember it now. Um, it's um, Tanya Tanya Harding's mum, the mum for my Tanya. Um, yeah, I'm, she's in heaps wow, of stuff. I don't remember this. I watched it just after Christmas, so it's, it's been a little while. Yeah, so it's I, um, two of the yeah. two of the Americans who survived the initial mm-hmm. bit, basically yeah. just hunt down this guy and the yeah. robot and kill shit tons of people. Yeah, boy. like, and it's fucked. Yeah. And that's cool. In New Asia. In New Asia. But I don't think I don't think the film goes far enough into how shitty the rest of the world must be. Like New Asia seems mm. fine, everyone's living along alongside yeah. with the robot people, and that's awesome, as mm. it should be. But the rest of the world clearly doesn't agree. Yeah. And like we didn't get any sort of like emotional stakes for the rest of the world in this film. Yeah. But John David Washington's awesome. It's John David Washington, so you're going to be having a good time. I, I, I feel like we got from Gareth Edwards for what I've got from enjoyed in his earlier movies, which is a very earthed and grounded sci-fi yeah. world. Mm. I mean... It's very well built. The homogenizing of Asia into just a new Asia blob. <laughs> new China, I think it was called. No, it's New Asia. Oh, is it? Yeah. Jesus. So China's conquered everywhere and then become nice. And it's like, uh, but we're not even China anymore. Yeah, it doesn't... <laughs> yeah, so they, so, so they blend... There's still people Thai in the whole thing. Yeah, um, there's aspects of lots of different Asian cultures in New Asia, as I guess one would expect. It's just a bit <laughs> weird. But I liked the quote-unquote Asian setting. Yeah. And it just it gave it a feeling. Combined with the sci-fi aspects, it gives a, a sort of exotic I, feeling i love it. the vibe of taking current world or just wherever you are and then adding elements of sci-fi into the background yeah like big cooling towers for whatever's under the ground mm-hmm. i just love that vibe yeah yeah just little mm. little hints of world building so yeah i liked it a lot, a lot more than i thought i would to be honest mm. i watched the first two episodes of masters of the air yesterday what was which that? is tom hanks and steven spielberg's third iteration of world war ii drama so Band of Brothers, then the Pacific. Oh no way! And now they have Masters of the Air, ah, oh. which is the Sky ones. The Sky ones. Yeah, shit. Um, first two apps are out on Apple TV. All oh, right, that's why I haven't seen it. Can recommend. Okay. Like, I Band of Brothers 
I loved Band of Brothers. You're and never going to... It's You're never going to get over Band You're never going to equal Band of Brothers. None of us are ever going to get over it. Pacific was great, but not as good as Band of Brothers. Is it based on an amazing true story like Band of Brothers? Yeah. Like a Pacific Well, they're all based company? on books that have been written by people. Like Band of Brothers was based on a book. Yeah. But, but like Band of Brothers the story was of Easy Company. Fantastic. You're never going to find that again, exactly. surely. Um, the Pacific was based on a different book. This one's based on another book that tells the story of the 100th, which is a uh-huh. flight squadron. And first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Okay. So good. Can, rec- can recommend. Right. Barry Keoghan's in it. Austin oh. Butler is in it. Yeah. All right. Newt Scamander's older brother is in it. <laughs> and he makes an American accent. And he <laughs> just sounds like Chris Evans. <laughs> Okay. Like, it took me about five minutes to listen, and I'm like, who does he sound like? Because I've never heard him make an American accent before. Yeah. And I'm like, no, he's just imitating Chris Evans. It's just Chris Evans' voice. It's like he's overdubbed <laughs> by Chris Evans. It's so good. They get to fly planes, man. Sawyer Spielberg is in it. Cool. <laughs> I wonder how he got that job. Nepotism. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's yeah. good. Uh, I'm loving it, actually. Chicken Run 2. I have not watched Chicken Run 2. Oh, mate. Mate, dude, why, you, why are you sleeping on Chi R2? Dude, I'm I'm too attached to the first one. If your voice cast doesn't come back, I'm not going to watch it, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't like Fern Gully 2. No Mel Gibson, no Isaac. That's what we say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why you can't watch Fern Gully 2 or Balto yeah. 2. Mm-hmm. The voice cast changes. Why are you going to watch that shit? Yeah. That's why Aladdin and the King of Thieves is shit. That is the. It's also the only reason we've kept watching Toy Story. Yeah. Talk about an irreplaceable voice cast. Yeah, Chicken One Two is pretty good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's. Why do they have to run again? Uh, well, I guess now they're sort of running towards. They're breaking. They have to like. There's a new chicken factory, and so they have the moral obligation to rescue other chickens. Oh, that's cool. And so now it becomes sort of like a Mission Impossible breaking into mm-hmm. the yeah, yeah, the yeah, chicken yeah. factory. Still run by Mrs. Tweedy, though, isn't it? Um, well, I don't want to do any spoilers. I've seen featurettes about making of and stuff. Okay. Well, I really like Claymation. I know she's the bad guy. Well, the, or the, one the, of the, the bad guys? The, the audience may not. One of the bad guys? Who's to say? Who's, Who's to true? say? Who's to say? I just it just felt if it, it felt like it just felt like one of those movies that's missing an act. Ah, oh, you know, okay. like you're watching it and you're like, oh, we're we're in the finale. Just the last forty five minutes is the finale. And does it, it have an intro? Just or it just misses long. a bit in the middle, or does it miss an intro? You feel like you're doing your middle part, but it there's no time to draw a breath before it's the end part. Oh, okay. And so I guess it is mostly a kids movie, so. Yeah, you feel like they need to go in, do reconnaissance, go home, come up with their better plan, and then go in again. Yeah. Instead, you just cruise to the end. And that's fine, ultimately, because in, lo- in a lot of ways, it's a chicken run movie. Um, okay, got to keep burning through these. <laughs> I watched Reptile, randomly enough. Reptile? Yeah. Just as Is ran- that the Orlando Bloom? Is he in that? No, it's uh, Justin Timberlake uh, and Benicio Del Toro. Is there a crocs in it? No. Are there any lizards? The- um, no, the reptile, I guess, is more reference to people's inner state. Okay, then I don't want to watch it. Pretty good. Oh, okay. I yeah, just randomly it. enough. It's just like a police, crime, corruption, mm-hmm. drama, murder, mystery thing. Cool. This has just enough personality and tension in it, and there's a payoff at the end. Nice. I enjoyed it. Recommend. I rewatched The Dry last night. Oh, yeah. In preparation. In, in preparation for Force of Nature, oh, which I'm hoping to see. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Gold class. Yeah. Gold class, day one. It's great, it's great. But yeah. Okay. What else have you <laughs> yeah, watched? I've never seen those. Um, <laughs> the Royal Hotel. That's. Is it a. Julie Garner and 
the chip from Matrix Four. Um, they, it's like quasi based on a true story. It's like adapted from a documentary about these two American girls that come out on that, on that like visa thing and work in a outback hotel in Australia. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And everyone's just weird. crazy and outback and weird. And Hugo Weaving runs it and is just is it a horror out of his mind. Or a thriller. It's a thriller. Okay, but love everything about that setup. My vibe for that setup should have been would more be thrillery. My vibe for like an outback hotel thing i want to do with an outback hotel is make a mm. ufo movie ufo in that setting would be fantastic mm. i think what i just I'd, call it the crossroads uh-huh and okay make it maybe like a ufo slash like the thought like it's a ufo it ends up being a ufo movie but everyone mm-hmm. could think it's a horror like a demon's thing selling your souls at the crossroads and shit uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. dude it's got a vibe so it's like ufo cult fuck yeah like people in the outback are worshiping the ufos that'd be cool yeah that would work mm. Yeah, I like the Royal Hotel because it, it is it's very just real world mm-hmm. and I like again kind of missing an act or just didn't quite get to the extremes that I thought it should, but every ingredient in it is absolutely brilliant and hits my taste clusters fantastic. I back Australia. Australiana sort of horror of the emptiness. We were talking about that Love as that. well whilst watching The Dry. Mm-hmm. Watching an Australian film, like police dramas and things like that, if it's set in Australia, it just, some quite often, it will feel more real. And that might just because, because we live here. Because we, yeah. But I think, like, it's if you make an, a, a movie set in Australia, but if you make it like an American police drama, where they're just shooting each other all the time, or, yeah. like, kicking down doors and stuff, it immediately feels less real yeah. because we're not like that here. Yeah. Well, like that, I've seen the ads for the new NCIS Sydney. That's about yeah. to start. No. It doesn't feel... That's going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to fail, guys. That's You are going to do one season if you're lucky and no one's ever going to hear about that again. Because we want water rats. Because it doesn't make sense. doesn't hit right. <laughs> sea Patrol. That's what Australia needs. Yeah. Just reboot yes. Sea Patrol. Just reboot Everybody Sea Patrol. Everybody loved right? watching that boat go on adventures. Just people surfing around. Brenton's in there. Watched reality. Is it, who's in there? Sydney Sweeney. Okay. Who's a proper good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's a real person whose name is Reality Winner. Nice. And she worked for... Not like the government, but like a company contracted by the government. And she basically leaked information to the press. Oh, whistleblower. Whistleblower. And the whole the whole movie is just like a word-for-word recreation of the transcript of the 90-minute interrogation with her when the FBI, I think, or um, NSA people just turn up to her house. Okay. And she like gets home and, and, and they're there. And it's, I thought, I thought it was excellent. It's really gripping because you don't know where it's going to go. Like I intentionally try not Does to like. Does it take place within the living room of this house? Well, it starts outside the house and then it goes inside okay. the house. So it's just, they have the recording of the guys who were like, they had like, yeah, yeah, don't think yeah. body cam or anything, but like just all the audio of it. And that's a publicly accessible transcript. And so they've just dramatized that. So it's in real time, this 90-minute period. What happens in that 90 period is incredible. And there's all these little weird little things. Yeah. It was a play uh, initially, but I think it works fantastically as a film. And and they do little bits, like there's certain bits of the transcript that are redacted. And so when the character gets to that point, there's like a sound effect and they like disappear on screen and then reappear at the end of the redacted bit. (sighs) 
um, which could which which works really well yeah. for me. And yeah, the the amount of just drama. I don't know if they take anything out, but I don't think there's anything put in that wasn't said on the day. That's cool. And so there's so many little like awkward things, and like you see the way the officers are like building a relationship with her. Yeah, and the, the things she does and doesn't do, and the things she does and doesn't ask for. Yeah, uh, yeah, excellent. You know, it's just about this 90-minute period in this one person's house. Yeah. But it's about so much as well because it's got all this broader context of the 2016 election and, like, politics and That's so national cool. security and stuff. Yeah. All, like, focused through the prism of this one, like, 26-year-old woman who sounds like a really, like, interesting and unusual person. So, yeah. Strong recommend on that one. That's so cool. You seen anything else? I mean, I not on? much. I haven't been to the movies in ages. Neither. I haven't been to the actual movies and I miss for it. a very long time. I just keep having other shit on. Yeah, me too. And it'll get to an evening and I'm like, yeah, I could go see a film. But then I'll be like, nah. <laughs> well, am I going to see Aquaman? No. I was going to see it the other day. Yeah. I had, I'm like, I've it's got very couple, financially I've got successful. Spare hours I could go see though. Yeah. But then I was like, mm, and also. <laughs> No, thank you. And now the only movies on that I'd actually, the only movie I want to see that's in the cinema is Iron Claw. Oh, same, same. But if I do have the opportunity, I'm like, I don't think I have the emotional resources really to do that. <laughs> to watch a movie about suicide. Yeah. Is, yeah. is it? Okay. I haven't, I just know it's a very sad. Yeah. So. Their lives were fucked. I love everyone in that movie. Me too. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. And like no Oscar nominations. Which apparently because A24 just like picked two other movies to make the Oscar campaign around and they got a bunch of nominations. So. Nice. But yeah, poor, poor Zac Efron. Yeah, Zef- he, Zefron deserves it. He made his body weird. He did a little voice. He did everything they wanted. <laughs> Snubbed. <laughs> Watched Rustin because I like that era. I thought it was okay. Mm. Bit cringe. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of obvious, you know? I mean, I'm not really in a position to... I'm not judging its historicity or how it might hit for other people. But for me, I was like, I'm not, this isn't... I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> he's a really interesting guy, and I'm very glad he's getting a movie made about him. But just biopics. There's a lot of biopics Sam doesn't like lately. biopics. I don't really love biopics, depending... Because, like, if it's, if it's a person I'm super interested in, I'll be like, yeah, If I'm super cool. interested... But even then... I haven't even watched J. Edgar. Don't don't like it's bad. I love Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. more than life itself. But I don't I, want to watch that. Don't movie. like Jay Hedger. Seems boring. We're probably just homophobic. That's our problem. That's probably what it is. Yeah, because that's the one where he has the relationship with that cannibal guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that would cast a shadow over it now. It would. It would. Biopics. The just the 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 situation always seems to be that when you people make a biopic, they forget that you need to have a story with tension in it. And they think you can just, just saying what happened in someone's life, mildly interesting. It's not a film. That's maestro. Yeah. It's just saying what happened in his life. Yeah, I have. And some of it is nice and some of it is sad, but there's no just narrative tension to it. I saw something else which was exactly that as well. And then someone had made a different film about the same person and it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's fine. Because but the like, Steve Jobs movies, the Steve, like the Steve Jobs movies, I think that's a pretty good example of that. Yeah, but I think it's also if you're making a film, 
you're allowed a little bit of creative leeway to make someone's life a little bit more entertaining. And you don't have to say everything in chronological order. Yeah. Like, like it's it's quite often more um, appropriate to give, like, to pick your points that you're trying to make about this person's life and show your story and then yeah. do flashbacks. Pick a story to tell about them. Yeah, don't just say, this is what happened. Yeah. This is that life. You know, like... like we don't have a Mark Zuckerberg biopic. I hope we never do. No. But, but we fucking, have the social network. Yeah, it was great. Because you're like, this bit of this guy's life, amazing story. Uh-huh. And we've made a creative choice about where to begin and end it that frames it as a good story. Mm. Beginning, payoff. I think... And I think that should definitely do a social network too about the Cambridge Analytica stuff. <laughs> bring Jesse Eisenberg back. Like, that would be a fantastic idea. A sequel. Yeah. Like it's not that you can't make movies about people's lives. It's that if you can, if it's their whole life, it should. I think it should be multiple movies, or do like fucking reality. Make a movie about ninety minutes of someone's life. Oh, that's so cool. And that's, that that's that cool. that transduces so much of what their being is into this. Like it's a it's a win a window into their life. Just like they were born here, then they went to school. Then they went to university. Then they got famous. Like, fuck off. I don't care. This is so just pedestrian. Like, the Dewey Cox movie pointed all this out like 15 years ago. And we're still just doing it and giving them Oscars for it. That's what it was. Ferrari. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Ferrari. Mr. Ferrari. Like, why do you do with the cars? Um, That and the Lamborghini movie that came out for some reason in the same year. Mm Mm-hmm. Just point A to point B, just telling life story. No interesting shit. That's what stopped me from seeing Ferrari. Yeah. Like when I've been... It's not... That's why I haven't been to the movies. Ford vs. Ferrari. Fantastic film. Yes. So good. Because it tells the story of this little part of both these dudes' lives. And like there's tension, there's there's stakes, there's they have a goal. Yeah. And it's not like there's not a million movies you could make about Mr. Ferrari. Correct. Just, or Mr. Lamborghini. But if you could, but if you constrain yourself to just telling that we have to tell their life the way their life, ha- people's lives aren't interesting in that way. <laughs> people's people aren't interesting in that way. <laughs> yeah, well, like your life isn't a story. No, a human life isn't a story. It goes through stories. Same problem with Napoleon. I Quite didn't frankly. watch it, and I'm, I'm I don't want to. I was happy to go and see it because I feel like I know I'm gonna not like this for the same biopic reasons. But mm. this, it's epic enough. It's got big war scenes. I'm happy mm. to see them on the big screen. But exact same problem. Like we're just bleeding tension out in every direction because we have to tell everything. Yeah, when you don't have to. But see, that's like I I enjoy unless they die really young. The Elvis Ned movie. Kelly. Yeah. The Elvis movie. Austin Butler's Elvis movie. Absolute trash. I don't love Baz Luhrmann as a director because it's like too over the top with the twisting cameras and the crazy shit. Yeah. But I do enjoy the choice to tell the story of Elvis from this evil fuckwit's perspective. Being like, yeah. That's something. You clearly, like, it's a choice to make the film about Elvis, but it's about this dude manipulating this young person Mm-hmm. Into and controlling his life for X amount of time. Yeah, that's a choice. That's cool, um, and that's that's what's good about that biopic is that it tells the entire story of Elvis's thing, but yeah. from this perspective, that's a choice. It's a good choice. It 
in yeah on paper on paper horrendously executed as far as I'm I mean, concerned Austin even did in great. terms of like did great took uh, he sounds like Elvis he sa- yeah he sounds like Elvis still does yeah <laughs> and lord knows how hard that is to do it's not like there's an entire industry built around <laughs> impersonating Elvis that would be crazy yeah i can't do it there people <laughs> i just i just love the really obvious point that you are much better footing to get acting awards if you play a real historical figure because people feel like they can judge how good of a job you did. Yeah, if you're They're accurate like, well, enough. Well, we know. Like, if you're just an original character, people are like, well, how good are you doing it? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you need to play someone who people can com- who people can compare your voice to the real voice mm. and you need to scream at some point because really it's awards for the most or acting. you play someone who really existed but don't try at all like if you just play a character yeah. but this person really existed mm-hmm. that's cool too you do an anti-impression yeah yeah <laughs> and then we just took a break and watched the finest hours from 2016 <laughs> nice. with chris pine that's a fun movie <laughs> which is what if chris pine was shy and i <laughs> yeah and boats and boats and like boat rescue and, and, and boat rescue it took so yeah. long to sink fantastic yeah it took so long to sink I that know. boat that boat gets cle- gets cleft in twain, and yeah. then they're just bobbing around. True love, story, though. I love Casey Affleck, obviously not as a person, but his his role in that movie. Mm. I love people in desperate crisis who remain completely calm throughout. Mm-hmm. And they know they could well die, but like, well, we're just going to maximize our chances and do what we can do in as we head towards that point. That thrills me so much more than people yelling and screaming you know yeah it's like uh george clooney in gravity yeah he never loses it in the most extreme like you know absurd situation well, even though he's you know, dead. no not at the, i'm talking about the start oh, okay like he's taught when he's talking sandra bullock through what to do yeah and stuff that brings more tension to it for me than yelling and screaming that's why i'm turned off by people screaming so much about Sandwiches. <laughs> We've come full circle. We need to move on. Yes, we do. We, we, I mean, we could just chat about films. That's, that's, the, that's the half hour pre-chat. And now... Was it a half hour? It's oh, always a solid half hour. It's okay, always yeah. a half hour. It literally always comes to a natural end. We don't edit that. It comes to a natural end at 30 minutes. All right. So what have we watched? So we're starting the year off with a bang with a crossover episode of Brenton Thwaites and Brendan Fraser with season four of Tynes. I listen. I've, so I've listened back to our previous episodes on Titans, <laughs> okay. right. and obviously, yeah, Brendan Fraser was in this. But we're here to talk we're about here, Brenton. We're here as Brentonites, yes, we as Thwaites heads, um, and I feel like you. I, as the seasons have gone on, I've gotten more positive about it. You've gotten more negative. <laughs> <laughs> that has not changed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fucking shit. Okay, all right. Steady, steady on. We're talking about our boy here. Uh-huh. Okay. Brenton is Talk. the best. Brenton is excellent in it. Yeah. But I think one of the problems we have is that his story was very much resolved at the end of series three uh-huh. by his final divorce from Batman. Batman, yeah. So in this one, his he's kind of... kind of given of an allowance. His yeah. bequeathment of however many million dollars. Here you go, bud. Yeah. Go live your life. And now he's just kind of along for the ride a little bit with By this one. RV. So, cool. so quick, quick recap. Seasons one to three. 
for me, I like season three the most. Mm-hmm. Then it's then it's season one, then it's season two. Okay. Because I think season three had a had the most cohesive story driving towards a single outcome. We're in this one city. There's this one bad guy. He's with it's Scarecrow with Red Hood sort of mm-hmm. off to the side. I like the Red Hood storyline. Yeah. I mean, it had its issues as well. And I think these seasons still just suffer from being too long. Yeah. Like the, I don't know why this is, this is 12 episodes again. I think for me, what the show needed to be was a week to week, not, not monster of the week, but bad guy of the week. Yeah. That's what the show required. And yeah. I think that's why the flash went for so long is because well, for most of the, of the flash, it was a bad guy of the week with an overarching, storyline each season that was cw right that was cw yeah see titan sits in this interesting place where it's most of this kind of stuff is cw yeah and all the arrowverse stuff Mm. none of which i've watched and i'm never going to i'm gonna die without watching those shows (laughs) nice because Tom Felton's in one of those shows. How cool is Tom Felton? He, he's a, That's he's, Draco Malfoy. He's a swell guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they strike me as all the all the worst aspects of this show with none of its good aspects. Yeah. You know, good aspects. Sometimes one of the heroes will chainsaw someone's head off. Oh, that's another thing about this season. In People particular. say fuck a lot. This season was fucking gross. It was, yeah, like gory as fuck. Real, for no, like just exponentially changed from yeah. where it's been three seasons, and then bam. Yeah, we're doing. start. We're doing horror this there was season. Blood which, everywhere, which is not really derived from the comics. Particularly, I'm a non-comics reader. This is just my research. Yeah. From what I can gather, this show. Re- really, like, freely departs in quite wild ways from its source material. Yeah, well, see, that's another thing which I... Tonistically, stylistically, as well as the actual storyline. Yeah, I think the show, for me, would have meant more if it had been originally conceived to be a show about a team coming back together. So, like, Teen Titans, when we were kids... There is a comic book series about the Teen Titans. Yeah. And there's been several animated shows of the Teen Titans beating bad guys, being teens. Yeah. If this show had originally been about the Teen Titans coming back together, not meeting each other for the first time, but coming back together, say, five to ten years later. So they're grown-ups. So they're called Titans. And they say, fuck now. And they say, fuck Batman. They do lots of stuff. But they come together to beat bad guys again. I think yeah. that would have made the show mean a lot more mm-hmm. because they you don't have to you don't have to introduce these characters to each other. Everybody would know who they are. Mm. You could go back to their backstory with flashbacks if you needed to. But there are already stakes. They're already a family from the get go. They just have the tension of being why did we break up in the first place? Yeah. And why we needed to be back together now? Um, there was, there's just such a good element in there to build a show off of to get tension from the get-go and you don't yeah. have to have 10 hours worth of learning who Rachel is for the first season mm-hmm. and then meet this bad guy for 30 seconds and then he dies. Yeah, well, 
the question of whether there has or has not been Titans before is has, vague through the whole has been series. has been vague. And I I remember saying that when we watched the first series, it's like these are new Titans, and we're now we're going to do Titans. But also, there were Titans before, but they were different Titans. Yeah. Some of those Titans are still around here for a while, but then will go away again. And sometimes it, the Titans is a combination of these two different Titans teams. Mm-hmm. So when we are on our not Titansing, <laughs> I, I lose yeah. lose track. I of. think it's. I think says, so. Dick was Titans, been. and then he went and became a detective, and yeah. now. It's not that obvious why he starts Titansing again. No, he's just in his fucking Robin suit in the first episode. Yeah. And like it's a fucking kick-ass Robin suit. The suits are pretty much all fantastic. I think the only suit I don't like is Starfire's. Okay. I don't like Starfire's suit. Why not? I don't know. I don't like that it's just material. Like, well, she, well, she doesn't need armor. She's tam- she doesn't need armor. She's she's from Tamarama Land. But it is just like tie-dyed purple material stitched together in, in patterns and stuff with a little bit of gold every now and then. I like think it looks Jinx, fine. who gets an, a, like a, a super suit for like one scene. Mm-hmm. Jinx's super suit is fucking kick-ass. Like it, it looks like the fucking moon, moon Knight. Yeah, but it does kind like, of. She gets a cool super suit and like stuff I gets none. Stuff I just gets this well, sweet Well, I would say she's in a super suit, but it's... I know, but it's just not as cool. Her, okay. her regular costumes are much cooler than super suits <laughs> she wears. her clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just like, turn up in a denim jacket, you'll uh, be fine. It's like Connor just wearing a t-shirt that has the Superman symbol on it. Yeah. That's that's cool. That's, that's, that's <laughs> it's all easy. right, but it would if I was in the room, it would annoy me. <laughs> like, if you were that guy we and everyone get else it. gets these kick-ass costumes and you're just... Yeah, I guess. I'm like, just wear a normal shirt, bro. Okay. <laughs> because also, quite frankly, you have not done much super stuff yet. Yeah. I know he's your dad. He knows one of your dads. But yeah. you're half evil. <laughs> and I don't know. It's, 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 it feels like wearing branded merch for your dad's business. It's like a football, like going to the football, like wearing, wearing your team's jersey. Well, I feel like it's if your dad had a mowing company and you turn up. <laughs> you wear a Jim's mowing t-shirt. <laughs> and you wear a Jim's mowing, like, puffer jacket. I'm like, all right, mate. That's cool. Have you mowed anything lately? Take that. What the, f- what the fuck are you doing? Oh, God. All right, we're on season it four. It is, yeah. I, I heard. It is an interesting point that Connor is known publicly, and in this, as the ascent, as the heir apparent CEO of LexCorp as Connor Kent. <laughs> when Sup- when Kal-El's identity is meant identity. to still be secret. <laughs> I was like, that's a good point. But this show does very little to keep secret identities. Yeah. Like, who's who's secret and is not secret? Who the fuck knows? Dick Grayson apparently is just known to be Robin. Is, and is he now? Well, everyone they meet is like, I'm a friend of Dick Grayson. Yeah, true. Also, I'm wearing this Robin suit. Yeah, the criminals. Hi. The criminals all know. Everybody knows. I'm like, yeah. does that well, mean, I mean they also know that Bruce Wayne was Batman? The last season, he Dick was just openly okay. working with... <laughs> <laughs> openly. <laughs> Not even hiding it or anything. No, um, he was... <laughs> That's such a dumb thing to laugh at. <laughs> openly what? Working with the GCPD. Yeah, as Dick Grayson. At a bizarrely high level. Yeah. That would only make sense if he's Nightwing, not if he's 
had someone who was once a detective in Detroit. In Detroit, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I guess that that's just out there. This show, I've been trying to hear, like, read and listen to other people's sort of opinions and fan opinions and stuff. And it's I think it's been weirdly sort of divisive its whole time. Understandable. Almost every season, there's people who love it and people who hate it. And, like, for different reasons each each season. Yeah. It's not like... It's not like there's one season everyone's like, ah, this is the good one, or ah, this is the bad one. Everyone kind of has a different opinion. Or this opinion. is where it found its foot. Yeah. This is where it, like... This is where it took off. Some people are like, it's been brilliant from episode one. Some people are like, no, season two, it got good. And I'm like, season two's the worst season. What are you talking about? And yeah, and this season, some people think it's the worst one. Some people think it's the best one. For me... I like a lot about what it's doing at its core. This season. Yeah. Like the, you know, just on, on on paper, the basic story beats of what happens, I'm on I'm on board with. The story beats of every single episode, one guy goes, you're being betrayed, and the other guy goes, no, they're betraying you. Uh, and then this dude's like, I don't know who's betraying me. Same every fucking episode. That's... <laughs> you talking about Sebastian? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that's that's literally in my notes. Good. <laughs> that, Good. that I like Sebastian as a character. But that motherfucker flip-flops mm-hmm. twice an episode mm-hmm. for ten episodes <laughs> to the point where I'm like, just fucking... And, and just every character in the show has a go at explained Sebastian, it's... <laughs> Sebastian, it's... She's using you. It's, no, they're using Bro, bro, my guy, it's really obvious what's happening here. You... It, don't stop what are you doing mm-hmm. and he just he just goes back and anyway but so but no not in terms of those sort of smaller beats i'm talking about the general story beats <laughs> if you say we're doing brother blood and he's rachel's half brother fucking horrible and, and wait well, he's been in the comics since 1980 i don't give a fuck it's terrible and there used to be a series of priests going back 600 years mm-hmm. and every brother's like the father would kill the son would kill the father that's how the mantle of brother blood would be passed on Blah blah blah. I don't like. I don't mind. I don't mind that. And the idea that big big boy Trigon's coming back. Yeah. Don't mind that overall. I like. I Is like. It cool that we got to meet him for the same amount of time you did last time, and then he <laughs> went away again. Well, Isaac, there's a CGI budget. Okay. Well, I found Seemingly. it weird as though like a lot so of the CGI in this show is better than CGI you get in like. Love and Thunder. This season, yeah, this season had a lot of great, especially the gorilla. Yeah. The gorilla looks much better than the tiger ever did. Yeah. Well, like, and the tiger in the last episode looks better than the tiger's like, ever looked. Yeah. I was like, is it easier to do a gorilla for some reason? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I think it's kind of the same as the other seasons. There's lots of bits I like. There's, bunch of, there's a bunch of bits where it kind of loses me. And a lot of that is because it just stretches itself out too thin. Mm-hmm. Puts a bunch of stuff in there that doesn't really need to be there, and certain and there's certain characters have real dramatic tension or in dramatic opposition and have arcs, and but a bunch just really don't, yeah, and are not in conflict with each other, and so there's lots of just sort of standing around sometimes. It's a lot of standing around and doing Scooby. And there's a lot stuff. of being in their suits. And then immediately not being in their suits. Yeah, well, in the in the last, I mean, we'll get to it, but yeah, in that last episode, uh-huh. 
Dick is swapping in and out of his suit quite a lot. It's very and I'm strange. Like, I'm like, and clearly they've just shot it. They've just reordered the edit of where yeah. these scenes are. <laughs> but the way it plays, suddenly he's back in his polo shirt. I'm like, Dick, let's just stay. It, it's a work day, <laughs> also, mate. This is so a work day. Polos. So many polos. So, oh, he's wearing so many polos. He's wearing so many polos. And some of, they are dressing our boy in some of the ugliest polo shirts <laughs> I've ever seen. He's wearing this like green, gray, brown polo shirt for a little one episode. I'm like, what is with these dad shirts? It should be a t-shirt on of a dark slash pale color yeah, can with we... a jacket, with a denim yeah. open jacket. Can we not get a nice dark t-shirt and jacket going uh-huh. on here? That's what he needs. That's what he needs. That's what, he needs. That's what a detective wears. Why is he wearing these target-ass, Kmart-ass or shirts? what he needs is to be wearing clothes that clearly cover the fact that he's wearing a super suit underneath them. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what superheroes do. Like a hot, like a ice hockey jersey or something. Even though his super suit is armor and like in that mm. like it's supposed to just be a onesie. It's funny when people It would keep... have been so cool if it was just a onesie. It's funny when people keep suiting up and down mm. all the time as well, because it's not like you just tap your chest twice and it yeah, it's not like the flash's weird thing or like Iron Man's it, weird it thing. Ta- you're you're changing it takes a minute. Yeah. They've got cubicles <laughs> they've on got that fucking RV. On the Scooby van, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also, with the yeah. with the advent of an RV, it's just it opens it so much to being a road trip movie with different bad guys. Yeah, like that's just cool. We can't, but this show was never episodic. But it Monster could have of been. the Week could, because it's it's HBO. Yeah, and so that means we say fuck and we do big, epic like prestige TV storylines. I think this show has always sort of seen itself more in that but, format. But it, I think it does hasn't really had the narrative juice mm. to power that kind of a vehicle, even though it has lots of great individual ingredients. Let's get into it. We're going to be here all fucking day. Episode one. Yeah. It's called Lex Luthor. What a great name. Played by Titus Welliver. Fantastic. I was very, very excited. I liked the beard. Yeah. Cool. Lex Luthor with a beard. I was very... It's, it's Bosch. <laughs> We've got Bosch back on our screens. <laughs> and I was very excited to have... I, I don't know why I didn't figure this out and didn't see it coming a million miles away. Because they always do this. Like, they like they kill Joker immediately. Yeah. Batman's always like, hello, at the first episode. And he's like, now I must go and do other things. Yeah, you think um, you're going to get some stuff with a proper character. Well, one of the, <laughs> one of the main... Yeah, the DC universe. You think it's about to begin. Yeah, but that but that's the thing. Like, it's like we didn't even get to meet some like, Superman. Yeah, some people get really upset and annoyed by that. I'm fine with it personally. I'm okay to toe the line. Like, I don't care about the Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not more invested in watching them than these guys. <laughs> no, see, I'd love I I'd love a show if the Justice League were doing stuff and like these guys knew about it. They're off saving the world and these guys have their own problems to deal with. And and a, a, a visibly lower scale threat. Yeah. Instead, it's the end of the world again. Yeah. So someone really should give Kal-El a call. Yeah. This should be street level crime. This yeah. should be like Spider-Man while the Avengers are doing shit. Well, you say that, but then Starfire has the power of literal star. Yeah. Raven is half demon. Gar is like an avatar for the life force that pervades all of reality. 
and then Tim Drake has a big stick. Yeah, he does. So there's gets a, a cool suit at the end, though. So there's a real variety. <laughs> I loved, actually. Sorry. And one of them is literally half Superman. I loved the final fight scenes in that, like, it starts, Dick and Tim, back of the line. Super-powered people in front of him. <laughs> Non-super-powered yeah. people like, like, okay, we're at the back. We're really? ready. I'm just going to chill. You guys go first. I've got my stick, but I'm, I'm going to let you go yeah. first. But that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Um, obviously, see, like, so, like, their power set is completely appropriate for dealing with the end of the world. It's just weird in a universe where the Justice League is also out there somewhere. Um, yeah, so Cadell gets written off Earth, sort of Captain Marvel style. Yeah, he's they away say, saving saving a planet somewhere else. Yeah, they say multiple times he's got to stop a red dwarf from imploding. Yep, to save a planet or whatever. Nice. And I thought that they said it multiple times to the point where I thought that was going to be relevant because there's so much focus on red stuff and the red. <laughs> I'm like, he's doing a red dwarf? Is that Well, I think it was something? only mentioned really in the first episode or two. It's, and then you forget about it. I swear him for pages. they refer to the red dwarf he's dealing with at least three times. <laughs> it's not just like he's off world doing some shit. Maybe it's, it's just that's because the news knows dwarf. about Superman. And because apparently the entire world knows about all these other planets. I wonder, Su- I wonder if Superman has to say like specifically what he's going to do when he leaves. He's, he's he like, gives you know a what? press conference. Guys, I'm going again. I'm super sorry. I'm so sorry if anything happens while I'm while gone. I'm Fingers crossed not. There are all these other heroes, though, so you'll be okay. Yeah, there are literally a bunch of other people with virtually equal power to me here. <laughs> in, a, in a van. <laughs> so anyway, Lex Luthor finds the sort of cult cave or whatever. So we've got less expensive Ben Whishaw, played by... What's his name? Bernard. No, um, Sebastian. Ah, yes. I see how you get Bernard as well. (laughs) Um, Because Ben Whishaw is cute. (laughs) Joseph Joseph Morgan, playing Sebastian Sanger. Who does a good job of acting. He does does great. He's apparently best known from True Blood. No. No, uh, Vampire, Vampire Diaries. Diaries. That's pardon, where Ashley pardon me. From. Yeah, she said, "Oh, he yeah. played a bad guy in that too." Yeah, that's the first thing. And then thing she is. saw one scene where he bit someone's arm in this, and I'm like, and she's like, "Oh, so he's the same it's, in this?" Yeah, yeah, like, same, same continuity. Kind of not, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've watched the whole series. Still don't know why he did that. <laughs> Never does it before or after. Um, yeah, it's the first thing Emma said. The five minutes of it she watched, she walked through, like, oh, Vampire Diaries. <laughs> So he's a taxidermist who also likes designing video games. Yep, that's how you make a Batman bad guy. <laughs> I love that Sebastian Sanger fully is a taxidermist, mm-hmm. and that's not even any part of his thing. <laughs> that's, that's that's just his job. That's completely off to the side. That's not. He's not actually. He's not like at that point. He's not a creepy guy. No. He's just a dude who's a bit shy. He just happens to be a taxidermist. Which is the creepiest job you can get. Yeah. But he's not a creepy guy he's at that point. He's not at that point. A downtrodden guy who works in a cubicle, maybe with computers. <laughs> yeah. Which would lead to him who's being a game designer. Who's then trying to be design- a game designer. Yeah. No, no, no. No, he's no, a no. taxidermist. He works with dead animals, <laughs> but also has invented Super Tetris. Yeah. But we'll did you get see to the gameplay game. of that? It looks fucking shit. <laughs> It looks more like Gallagher than Tetris. We'll get to Super Tetris, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, I didn't really want to say what, so there's demons around. There's, like, there's guy with a plague mask attacking people. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Um, 
It's never explained. <laughs> I wrote this down. So the first scene that this happens in, there's a couple, they're watching TV. I don't know what they're watching, but one of the... I wonder how self-aware this show is sometimes because the woman says, watching the TV, what's with all these new characters? Just focus on the main cast. Yeah, and I, I heard that too. I loved that line. I was like, thank you. I'm glad someone said it. <laughs> Person who immediately dies. Um, this, this, <laughs> they kill her off because this, she had that thought. Yeah, and this like, is the well, show's way of saying, we're not doing that. We are going to do more and more characters every day. You, won't, you can't even imagine. You're not going to remember anybody's names. You're not even going to remember this scene because we're going to do so much crazy shit. Yeah, that scene, proper proper scary. Yeah, so we're in a horror movie, which I like. Yeah. I, I like how gross a this season vibe. is. Um, I mean, it's a, so, little, a little bit too gross, but... Oh, not for me. I think it's fine because okay. it's given me something to okay. sort of latch on to. Give me some violence. Um, <laughs> because I think a lot of the times... Like the the dialogue is lots of just sort of like looking and like nodding and smiling, and like I I needed people to get punched really hard quite often just to keep things moving along. So yeah. I'm glad that does happen or get hit with electricity stick. So the Scooby van pulls up to Metropolis. We go to Star Labs. Gar gets a suit for the first time, I think, and it's like a magic suit so he can transform into animals and then come back into that suit and I have to be naked all the time. Great. Um, good for him. Good for him. He passes out and smashes the place up in gorilla form. I don't know why. Yeah, that's. I don't explained. think that's really explained. I mean, I think it's he gets. He's just becoming one with the red. He's becoming one with the and red. So he does something and don't, something happens. Yeah, because he sees the tree when that happens. Look, I'll say it now. I'm not a big fan of the red stuff. Yeah, me neither. We'll get to it. Seems in more real detail later. And boring. Seems kind of. Seems like it could have been its own show. It must be said, <laughs> season four, it's their final season. They must have known, I reckon, about halfway through this at the latest that this was going to be the final season. I reckon they would have known from the start the way that they've tacked on like 15 stories in the one one series. But they're, they're still doing pilot episodes. I guess, yeah. There's like Gar gets a pilot episode in this. Tim Drake gets a pilot episode in this. We're just... there's. Yeah, but I think that, relentless they, those ones are just to wrap up their stories... And be like, this is what we were going to do with you. This is what we were going to do with you. But it's not a rap. It's a, It's the start. Yeah, but it's the introduction of that character's thing. Yeah, it doesn't I think resolve or the way that they resolve it. it though, it's is like, by like, the way, you're the god of redness. Yeah, and then at the <laughs> end of the season, he's like, "Well, oh, you obviously know that I have this red thing now. I'm gonna go do that." Bam, you got an episode of it now. Because it'd be weird if he just like ends the season. I'm gonna go do this. But you didn't get an episode. But about he it. could have just been Beast Boy. Like he could from what I can tell, boy. the red thing that's only come about in the last like ten years. I have no idea Before what it is. That, is it in the comic books? Yeah, like oh, okay. like the latest like re- timeline reset. They've started to build in this whole extra dimension to him, and like I don't hate it for Beast in the, Boy in the abstract. Yeah, for one of the but weird, for like fifty fifty years before that, he's just been Little Animal Man. Yeah, well, no, Animal Man is another actual person. Little but, Animal Man. You know, there's you know there's a superhero called Congorilla. That's so great. Big Gorilla Man. That's fucking cool. Um, Does he turn into a gorilla? It, I don't know. To be or honest. is it like Grod, who's just a big smart gorilla? I don't know. Because there Not is a bothered. character called Grodd who is I a you. gorilla with a hat. 
And the hat makes him smart. <laughs> Look, they're not all going to be winners, are they? I mean, Grodd's pretty cool. He's huge. Well, as terrible. long as he's got the hat on, otherwise. How scary would it be to have a giant gorilla be scary? Imagine if he's doing a lecture and the hat falls off. Fucking massacre. <laughs> so, it's worse um, if the hat's on than the massacre. So he's happens. just so like he's just been little man what turns into animals for a long time. Uh-huh. There's no need to do this red stuff unless you're setting up another series. Mm. But so I don't know if they thought other spin-off series were going to maybe apparently there was talk of a Jason Todd spin-off series which I think makes the most sense because he's probably one of the I think after nah he's one of the stronger actor like character actor combinations yep. I think in the in the whole thing. Yeah. And like but, his thing it would be just Gotham set. Just Gotham. And like that's yeah. cool. You can have him be beating up bad guys week to week. This show starts under the shadow of Zack Snyder. But it's concluding under the shadow of James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the broader context, really. Like this season being the last season, that's a big part of that will have been James Gunn's cancelling everything mm. and we're going to do new stuff. We can't have this going on in the background. Except Peacemaker. Confusing people. Yeah, obviously. Because it's sick. (laughs) (laughs) And that's his thing. The Titans could come back in that. Yeah, they probably could. And Um, they'd all get shot. That's how how he kills them. Yeah, Yeah, they'd they'd be the Pete Davidsons of that universe. (laughs) Yeah, so you know that's obviously the the broader structure. I don't know if they thought maybe this was going to turn into other stuff that's maybe not this show, but it feels like that's what's being... You set up, and but I I don't like that with sh- with TV shows specifically that spin no, off. No, if you're gonna make it like I don't like one spin offs in, in general. One in ten of them is going to be good. Spin off movies, I think I can get around it because it's just a movie, and like you get two hours, you tell this this like story, like um, yeah. as shit as the Fast and the Furious movies are. Mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw fits into that universe. It's a spin-off. It's just these yeah. guys going on an adventure. Yeah. Still fits in. It's and it's fine. shit in kind of the same way. Yeah. It, it is all, very shit in the same way. That we way. all love. Yeah. Um, but when you spin off a show, it's just like you've made a movie and like when they greenlit fucking the penguin after Batman. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? No, Batman was great. Yeah. You can't make ten hours of just the penguin. It's just I heard it described this way recently now, like with streaming well, I mean, this is just TV as well, but like, they're just they're just stocking shelves. Yeah, they just need to stock the shelves, and so it's just what. That's why you want to spin stuff off because then it's not a movie; it's twelve hours of shit, and mm-hmm. then you can just keep. Um, it just, and it and it doesn't matter whether people like it or not because by the time they're watching it, they've already paid. Exactly. So, which is sad. Yeah, it's real sad. And like, I think that's completely the wrong approach. If you have one. <laughs> actually good show and bring out one episode a week then you've got people for most of last year i was paying binge what was it is it's like 16 dollars a month for one hour of viewing a week yeah i'm not watching binge any other time but i'm keeping that subscription because i need to see the white lotus <laughs> the last of us succession when then, when one of those shows ended, the next one began. I'm like, well, I can't cancel binge because you're still watching. You're still getting content. I'm paying that for one hour of viewing a week, yeah, because it's actually good, not like hours and hours and hours of just slosh. Just not. I'm not saying this is slosh, but there's a there's a mentality in a well, lot of TV. There's a lot of stuff that is spin-off 
slosh. In, in lots of TV spin-off mentalities that are like, doesn't matter if it's good, just make it. And, and some some viewers have that attitude. Some viewers would be like, I don't care if it's good or I bad. I just want to watch these characters. If it's do Batman, stuff. I'll watch it, and it's fine. Yeah. And you know, I guess there's the you know, there's a world for that. Yeah. But um, it's not my world. Drake gets his bow staff. It's, it's weird that the animated DC universe yeah. is better than anything they make live action. Is like it? they care because you only get an animated DC movie once every couple of years. And they give a fuck about it. Like, I've never seen any of them. They take their time, they make stuff. It used to be shit. Like, it used to be for kids. Mm -hmm. But now they'll release an animated DC movie like once every two years. Yeah. And it'll, they'll have cared about it enough to Mm. make it mean something. Okay. But is animation cinema? We don't know. We don't know. The Oscars don't seem to think so. No, we'll never know. Um, After Beauty and the Beast, the Oscars were like, no, it's not. It was too close. Yeah. It was too close. Yeah, true. So Lex Luthor hacks into the Scooby van and he's like, Connor, come around at eight o'clock. I want to have a chat, mate. Um, so Corey goes in first. Yeah. This is fun. She's like beating up all his henchmen while he like pulls himself out a drink or whatever. That's cool. He wants Connor to take over Lex Corp. See? Because he's dying. He I don't even, there's not, I don't even want to go through this stuff in that much detail because none of it matters it doesn't come back it all will it, it really disappears with lex oh, when he Before goes this, lex has found a temple and then fired found, a chick and she's angry yeah, about it yes and it's that's mother mayhem I think, yeah that, that turns finds. out to be a terrible named character as well well now you're just having a go at the comics yep <laughs> if you if you just don't like <laughs> mother mayhem and brother blood um played by frank Potente, which i liked a lot liked her since born identity so they go to the Daily Planet archive because there's no Wikipedia in this world, I think. Giant fucking lamp lit, Harry Potter looking place. Yeah. Um, A library of fire. Rachel's having visions. She thinks something bad is going to happen. Again. Um, yeah, she's, <laughs> which is, you know, path of the course with Rachel. It's just going to be a real boy who cried wolf situation, I think. Corey's also having visions. Corey's having visions. Yeah. Looking back, I'm not sure. As the, does Rachel? Rachel just has kind of like a sense about stuff. Yep. Like, what is? I don't really understand what she can, what she does. It changes episode to episode. Yeah, she's just getting uh, she's getting bad vibes. Yeah, and it's manifesting as yeah. boxes with blood seeping out of them. Um, Grayson and Drake they hack into Lex Corp or something with a little Batman device, a superbug. Mm. Um, but Lex is watching them the whole time. Yeah. Because he's Lex Luthor, obviously. Ninjas attack. We get a kick-ass fight scene. Yeah. So, as always, I'm fi- I really enjoy all of Nightwing's fight scenes. He Me says, too. I hate ninjas. Um, That's fun. Yeah. Obviously. Fun. He is one. They could have been a bit more ninjury for my money. They could have. They weren't that distinct. He from saw them other. immediately. <laughs> yeah, good point. That's not very ninjury. They really should have fallen from the oh, ceiling. Look, ninjas. How do yeah. you know, man? He should yeah. have said, oh, look, ninjas, to an empty room. Yeah. yeah. That would be fucking cool. And Tim's like, what are you talking about? And then like 50 ninjas. And then ninjas. Like, duck. And then... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that's ninjas. <laughs> I say that to Dempty Alleys all the time. Oh, and the ninjas are back again. Ninjas. And then I just start punching the air. <laughs> yeah. Tim Drake tries to join in, but has no idea what he's doing. Uh, so... 
they all they all come back together. Luther has six months to live from kryptonite poisoning, and he wants to use Connor to survive. They're putting so much effort into setting up what would be a great plot. Uh huh. <laughs> that they then throw away, which I kind of respect. That they oh. that they're not afraid to just burn IP yeah. that you could squeeze so much out of and be like, no, it's, that would have been, I think, a better storyline for the season if Magic wasn't the bad guy, if Superboy was the bad guy. Yeah, Magic being the bad guy in this, uh huh, and for our main character to not like Magic, yeah, I hate Magic. It's it's just. It, for me, it just makes it confusing. It also because it seems what the like mag- an easy way out. Because like just you can just like ride en- around any sort of like superpowers by, oh no, magic is more powerful than you, or yeah. we can't get out of here because magic's trapped us. The rules of what can and can't happen and yeah. what each person and is then you capable write, of. you write your character Jinx into it who can cancel out. She's a magic person. And like everything that happens, she can turn off because she's also magic. So like yeah. you... you you build up this magic stuff, but then you're like, oh, no, we need to get out of it. Sweet, Jinx can help that. Yeah. Instead of making human villains. But also, Rachel is already fully magic. Yeah, like, she- what her thing is, is magic. So, But Jinx is just kind of a more, like, mischievous magic, whereas yeah. Rachel's a bit more emo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there's just, like, different vibes to different people's magic. But you never get, I like... Where does Jinx get her magic from? Um, knowledge and p- the past. So you can just learn spells. I think so. Because R- Rachel only has it because she's the son of the devil. Uh-huh. I think you. Daughter I think of the devil. Jinx pardon me. Just learnt to be a magician. See, I feel like that should be a conversation between those two. Like, yeah. well, um, how did Mother Mayhem get hers by worshiping a god and getting it given to her? Yeah, is that explained? I mean, it's explained that she maybe got impregnated by this. Cult, and yeah, how did that happen? It doesn't. Does it happen just, in the pit? She just has a bit. No, I don't know. You know, they climb out of the pit. And she is that, wins that? Is and that then she just a something. hole in the ground? I think. She, I think they just jump into a hole. Why don't they die when they hit the bottom of it? Uh, uh, three inches of water. Okay. I don't know. The jumping castle. Yeah, the fact that the other bodies. I don't. I don't yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually a very all shallow those, pit. All those soft other bodies. Yeah, you <laughs> land on the on the mush of a thousand rotting corpses. I'd have loved that. This, yeah, <laughs> the fact that yeah, making I don't like hate it in the abstract, but in practice, magic shouldn't be the bad guy. What what Rachel, Corey, Gar, and Superboy can do. I'm like. I don't know. I think Superboy is the easiest to understand because he's, he's, he's Superboy. Like he's really strong. He's Superman. He that has can't abilities. Fly. If you made something with abilities, the bad guy stuff, you can understand human abilities that are just exponentially better. Yeah. If you made him the bad guy, see, in a way, Magic being the bad guy is good because we've actually got a really overpowered team. So you kind of need something that just short circuits the fact that you've got Superman, someone with the power of a star, and someone who's half Satan. But I mean, if- and someone who represents once again the force <laughs> of life that pervades all living beings through all universes. If you had Superboy and Tim Drake, so Superman, if you had him be brainwashed by Lex Luthor at the start, 
and is the villain of this season. Superman. Superboy. I was right, yeah. Because he's basically Superman. Yeah. That's well, not even cool... brainwashed. Just have him embrace his... His dark side. Like, when he embraces his dark side later, love that. Mm. I'm fully on board with all that. Really enjoyed yes. it. Have that happen episode one. Yeah. And so he's just like Lex Luthor's If he's the bad scion. guy, there are stakes there because all of these super-powered people are super-powered. But it's not Superman-powered. Yeah. Like Superman, like Clark Kent could kill all of them. Let's so just it. have like a Homelander for this season, I guess is all yeah, we're saying. Yeah, that'd be terrifying as fuck. Yeah, look, it's any superhero TV show you have, it's always going to be great advice to make it more like the boys. True. That's always going to be good advice, mm. but it's a little bit cheating. <laughs> <laughs> just do a Homelander. I think you you could just have Lex Luthor be the be the villain. Mm. Um, and I like I heard someone say this on another thing, like how cool it would be to have him as someone who's he's Superman's nemesis, but also respects him, well, and he does. have him give um, Connor. Connor a hard time by the fact that like you're wearing Superman shirt, but you're not good enough, but you haven't done shit. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know, you're nothing. Yeah, I'm not nothing. Uh, yeah, you'll be nothing. Nothing wrong with that in and of itself. They just do it ten times with Sebastian. <laughs> let's let's try and keep going. Um, so Connor goes to see Lex, just like appears in this office. You never see anyone enter or leave anywhere in this show. They just sort of walk into frame. Yeah, already they, well, on they're set. already in the room. There's no entering buildings and shit. Um, or oh, sorry, when they Lex go to the dam, you see the dam and then they're in the temple. Yeah. <laughs> Connor goes to see Lex and he's like, I'm the only person in the world who understands you, won't judge you for being what you are, which is half mental. Um, I don't want you to become me. I want you to know me. And with that knowledge, choose what you will be. Respect. Great stuff. Great stuff. But then he vomits a snake. <laughs> and violently and, dies. And violently fully dies. Just fucking dies. And <laughs> simultaneously, Rachel is sort of freaking out in the Scooby van. Um, Connor hits the snake with the laser vision and uh it's revealed that mother mayhem has has done this yeah, that's the best way to um through um just vibes yeah the best way to like save stop the problem destroy the snake so it doesn't exist anymore like fry it and then yeah. obviously get arrested for the murder of this person right in front of you not yeah. just step on the snake so there's clearly a snake there it's like just yeah this it, thing yeah. killed him clearly yeah imagine it yeah yeah, true. I mean, he's not in jail for very long, let's face it. Yeah. He's Superman. I was assuming, like, do they, the the cops that all come in, or the security, do they, they have, like, kryptonite bullets or something? Apparently they were already on the way. Or does he, does he just allow himself to be arrested, I, think I assume? So. Because he's, like, he's uh, at that Superman. point, a good guy, a good boy. Yeah. He's right. a good boy at that point. You can't fight the coppers. Episode two, Mother Mayhem. More people getting attacked by the plague doctor guy. Superboy gets put in a, Kryptonite chamber. Gar and Drake are sort of hanging around in a creepy forest. And someone sort of hacks into Gar's head and he passes out. Mm-hmm. It's a woman's voice. Not sure if that's Mother Mayhem or not. I think it's the red. Okay. Yeah. But, but Freedom Beast... <laughs> Best he doesn't a- appear till the episode just before the red. Yeah. 
like it's not even his voice at any other point. Yep. So I'm not sure why uh-huh. they don't set him up more. Anyway, um, <sighs> they're trying to figure out what's happened. Corey finds Nelson Blake at like a Lex base or whatever. And he says that all of the Lex Corp in a circle also got snaked. And Lex was looking into occult stuff, and that's maybe that's part of the problem. And he was, he was fighting death itself. See, so good. Mm. So good. The ability to be so good. Yeah. Um, but then that guy gets fully snaked as well. People get snaked all over the place. Lots of snake vomiting. Snakes being vomited into toilets. And like toilet yeah. shots, like that. <laughs> um, There's some pretty good CGI snakes in this. Yeah, Sebastian visits his mum, and they're all English, in it. She has a TV from like the '60s. His adopted mum, we find out. Oh yeah, that's right. Of yeah. course, because he's actually he's and she also, does have a nice oldie TV. He's the son of Satan. Oldie timey TV. So the gang are kind of investigating. The death well, of Lex this, Luthor, I think. Well, at this point, they're investigating Rachel's visions. <laughs> she has a vision of the of this creepy house, so they go to that house and they find people who have been victims of the plague doctor. Mm. Um, and they find a girl who's trapped in a nightmare. I did like that at this point, Dick at least suggests they call an ambulance. <laughs> and then Rachel's like, no, it's fine, I'll do vision stuff. And she gets in there and, and rescues him. Sebastian is pitching his his game to some tech people, and this it's is going to change the world. And I don't like this. And this is a frankly inexplicable aspect of the season. Uh-huh. And the game, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and no, thank you. Yeah, but it's, sorry, it guys. makes it so modern. It's sorry, guys. It's, it's so modern. It's just so incongruous with everything <laughs> else that he is about as a person, and and he. But that's I, how that's how the people want to change the world now. He's a taxidermist, and I just. <laughs> I want to do taxidermy to change his the description world. of the game. As you progress, the game gets more difficult. Okay. I mean, I'm not a games expert, but mm-hmm. <laughs> think Tetris, but on an infinitely larger scale. Yeah. And this game is not about being competitive. It's about building community. Fine. Um, all the tech people are like, this sounds like a really shit idea and we're definitely not going to do it. Yeah. And Sebastian's like, okay, fine. I'll become Satan then. <laughs> <laughs> um. He's like, yeah, we're all so alone, but my super Tetris will bring us all together. Um, and they're like, no, 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 that doesn't make any sense. A game, um, a, so the has, idea of a game that could bring the world together is a cool idea, but Super Tetris is not that game. Super Tetris isn't it. You need to give me... It needs me, to be a VR thing like the Oasis. That's good. You yeah. need to give me a much clearer explanation of what this thing is that isn't just it needs like, to be a simulation, and if it eventually disrupts people and and like almost kills them, that's a much more realistic thing for something to do. Is if you're wearing VR goggles, yeah, and you're hypnotized by this game, yeah, because then they can weep blood out of the goggles. Oh, that's fucking terrifying. And that would That'd be, be good. F- scary as Instead, shit. Instead, it's just can't it, get them off. Can't get them off because oh. it's not actually. And it a turns game. them it's... into henchmen. 
Yeah. And so the Titans have to fight these people who are like the fucking starfish people from the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that would be good They're as just well. humans. Yeah. But, oh no, we have to fight them. Yeah. Bam. Much better than those zombies we get in like episode two. I didn't mind the zombies, but... but they're not even zombies. They're just dudes. Yeah, it doesn't... And they fucking kill them. Doesn't stop Rachel uh, chainsawing her head yeah, off. There's not, there's not even a talk about... Maybe they're just brainwashed. Which you would have got in the original season. Like, in an earlier season, you would have got... See, I just assumed they were just fully zombified. Because one of them is Deathstroke, who's fully dead. No, but that he comes in, like, later. At the start, there's just, like, 60 people. Just 60-odd-looking people. Just humans. They're not, like, dead. They're just... Well, I thought they were dead. Brainwashed. Um, yeah, there's zombies in this season. Yeah, there's zombies in the season. Good. Good. That's fine. Because magic is the bad guy. Um, the gang keeps investigating, and basically there's people that are having their blood drained by the plague mask guy, mm. who was Lex Luthor's doctor, who, as Rachel sort of attacks him with her, as I believe we've called them before, sort of vape powers, he somehow self-immolates. Mm. Like he sets himself on fire, and they're like, oh, okay. Well, that's that's the end of that one. Somehow, this clears Connor of Lex Luthor's murder because mm. the fact that this is going on, like these are some really spread out dots for the MPD to connect. Yep. But somehow they do, and they're like, okay. Well, I guess if sorry, it was the Doctor, you're fine. Sorry, Superboy, you you're good. Charges <laughs> dropped. I you know, but I, I like the the horror. Aspect of like they're all still alive, but having their blood slowly drained. Oh yeah, that's horrific. But this is Plague Mask Doctor, who was Lex Luthor's doctor, but who is now also, I guess, working for Mother Mayhem. Yeah. But there's no like scene between them or anything. No, th- he's just another guy. I like to assume for that it's that he's under a spell from her. Okay. So he's the doctor, yeah, but Maybe, being yeah. forced to do what he's doing. Okay. Which makes her more of a villain, but we don't get that scene that shows her controlling. But I also, but, but like, I thought the implication is this horrifying stuff they're doing. That's the kind of shit Lex Luthor would have done if he thought this was going to help him beat death itself. You know? Yeah, I think I think we're supposed to get around that by her basically punishing Lex Luthor for cutting her out of the whole situation. Because like, a debt must be paid. So she. And she pays it with his blood and the CEO's blood and the whole fucking board. And then she does this by possessing the doctor and forcing him to do the, the deeds. Which And these deeds are all somehow leading towards what the cult wants to do, which is they need like a pit of blood to... Um, Summon Trigon Bell. comes through it later. I know that. Yeah. Oh, and they need and they need Sebastian to go into it. Yeah, he has to bathe in the blood. He has to bathe in the blood. Okay. Yeah. But they had to like get blood from living people. That's my vampire style. From. But like they had to keep them alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, Sebastian's mum is dead in it, and he's he really he's really upset about that. Yeah. Um, which you know, I guess you would wonder who killed her. You know, we skipped over right at the start. We do have a scene of the gang just going bowling, eating pizza. Yeah, cool. they're, they're doing road trip type and stuff. And they're doing road trip type stuff. Yeah. And we did get that one little window and there was a bit more of that, you know, of them just road, road tripping around. Like, the, yeah, the fact that they're in the Scooby van 
and the fact that this this thing takes place over multiple different places, mm. including a road trip through like a secret hidden town. Yeah. If you just had them have a clear origin and destination. Yes. Then you could do almost all of this, but with a clear road trip element. If it were, yeah, it. but they like a lot of it is they leave Metropolis, go somewhere else, and go all the way back to Metropolis. Yeah, they go to and from Metropolis a lot. I think it's too much. It's just a lot of weekend trips. Yeah, if it was there on their way to Metropolis, and yeah. this is all happening, and like even if everywhere they went something bad happened, but it was all connected by the, yeah. at the end, it was all connected. Fine. Yeah. But yeah. See, the thing is, any time it takes them a while to get anywhere, that would only be because of Dick and Tim having no way to get there faster <laughs> than the bus. Yeah. Because everyone else could just like zoom straight there. I like that. But also when you're at this like world ending level, you just need like a G6 or something. Yeah. Well, if he's rich enough around. to buy this RV, get a helicopter. He's already rich enough to buy like something else. As well. Like they only got the RV for fun. Yeah. At the end of the last season, Dick was like, hey, this, this would be a laugh, wouldn't it? Let's get in an RV. I like, like that okay. when they get to Star Labs at first, the RV is given a car so that they have yeah. two modes of transport. Yeah. It's it's, it's helicopter time, You'd think guys. Star Labs could give them a little jet. Yeah. The Titan's jet. Yeah, definitely. Wonder that's, Woman's that's, not using hers. That's in the RV somehow. Yeah. Or the RV is the jet. It should transform into a jet. <laughs> it? That would be but good. it looks like an RV still. Like space balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an RV with two big wings. Absolutely. It's not aerodynamic at all. No. Oh, no. It, no, it should just have like the the whatever it is in Avengers. Just have big propellers and it just hovers up or and hovers away. Or just a chair in the middle of it that Starfire sits in. And, and then she it goes, just... and she floats the RV. Yeah. I mean, she has the power of a star. Yeah. Like 10,000 times the I power of our sun for some she's, reason. Like it's season four, she still doesn't really understand yeah, what she can strange. do. You've had four years. And you have had, f- and you know what Tamaran is. You've had full contact with your Tamaranian family members. Yeah. Surely you should know have that Have had you a can, montage at some point. You can, in, you can exert apocalyptic energy. But we have our first battle between the gang and Mother Mayhem. She and they get fucked it. up. Yeah. So this is good. Yeah, I liked them getting fucked up. Basic storytelling. You, your heroes have to get, get their asses kicked the first time they meet the baddie. And she just like <laughs> minces them all quickly. Mm. Um, Kills two of them. Yeah. I, like, they, they pull up. She's there. And Dick is like, all right, guys, suit up. We've got to go. <laughs> so there's clearly a little delay there where Mother Mayhem is just, just waiting. Just waiting out the front. I guess they're putting their suits on. I'll just, well, I'll just I'll chill. give them a minute. Meanwhile, Tim has no outfit at all, she just, just his stick. She's sitting there texting. <laughs> yeah, she's playing Super Tetris on her phone. At the crime scene. Oh, yeah. well. Rachel gets all fucked up and her hair turns white. Yeah. Like John McCain. <laughs> After Vietnam that time. <laughs> um, um, I also like What that was the purpose of this fight? The first person to fight him, fighter is Dick, right? No, I think the first no, one. No, Superboy runs Superboy. up, gets minced straight mm. up. That's cool. Um, I think the purpose is to show that she's better than everyone else. Yeah, but what's she trying to do? Be uh, better than everyone else. No, she steals Rachel's power. That's yeah. Afterwards, I was like, why? Because she like lets them all go. But I assume the idea was she knows Rachel's a problem, mm. so she sucks Rachel's powers out. Yeah. Episode three, Jinx. Um, we meet 
Jinx. What are the chances? Yeah. Rachel, She's great. So Rachel She's and Jar hang out. Rachel and Gar hang out for a bit. Jar. Jar. Jiff. Yeah. <laughs> it's pronounced Jar. It's actually Jarfield. Jim Davis one day. It's actually Jarfield. So they figure out, okay, well, this is magic. Now, we, but Raven is magic, but they're like, yeah, but she is like 17. Let's find someone who knows more magic. So we meet Jinx. I like that Dick describes her as a thief and a grifter. I'm like, yeah, I'd throw like witch in there as well. I <laughs> also like that everyone we meet like, from Dick's past, he's slapped with. He's, he's boned 100%. He's fucking boned so many checks. That's, the other, that's my other thing. We've been working towards, we've been, we've been shipping dickery yeah. since season one. Obviously. Again, maybe they didn't. Maybe they were wanting to drag that out more if they got more seasons. Yeah. But have that be more. And it it, it is kind of like you it's see them. Not even though, like you see them, they do like look at each other a little bit. Yeah, but it's not much. But like, don't you'd have, think at least one character would go over to Dick like, hey, so you and Corey is that a that's, thing? That's because you are our mum and dad, and you have been for a while now. Exactly. And or if they meet Jinx, she'd be like, so is this a thing? Yeah, I know we burned, and it was that, great. It that, was real. Obviously, good. it was the best. <laughs> but have that introduce some um, tension, like because she's yeah. sort of third wheeling now. Yeah, because she have is. Corey get defensive because she is a hundred percent trying to reignite that flame the entire time she's there. <laughs> I wasn't a huge Jinx fan. I feel like she's sort of written in kind of the way. That like, she's just there as a purpose to be like, yes, magic is the bad guy, but also we can stop magic real quick. Well, I don't feel like she added anything that, again, the existing characters couldn't have already done. Mm-hmm. I don't like that she introduces us to elves, like in Bright. <laughs> we just meet Bright elves. Which is, uh, or no, they're like, they're more like, they're orcs in that, aren't they? Anyway. Yeah, who knows? I feel like she's kind of written like how Stephen Moffat writes women. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm getting big River Song energy from her. We're like, ooh, uh, I have a sexuality <laughs> and that and that is how I communicate the fact that I'm a confident person it's like okay all right just okay and yeah it feels like her main thing is that she just wants to fuck Dick Grayson real bad who doesn't <laughs> well right and she <laughs> not any of the characters in this show um, there's a dark elf heart Corey gets turned to stone she, we get our first vision. She says she's having visions now of her trainer on Tamaran, who says she has another destiny. She, the vision takes her to the Elko Diner, yeah. and there's a Tamaranian. She's like, "You have another destiny." I'm not really sure what that's referring to. I think, I looking think, is back, the girl with the balloon. I think she is this implying her destiny is to kill herself to save Tamaran. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um. So then we meet elves, like in Bright. Dick beats up the henchman um, and does a great job of that, as he always does. Um, He's very badass. Yeah. And I, for a while, I was like, it's, in what way are these elves? They're just sort of normal but weird-looking people. But then the elf woman does do, like, magic knives, at least. Yep. But he still totally wins. They didn't actually have to go there. Jinx was just, like, trying to... Steal something. Steal something. So this doesn't really get us anywhere. 
and, and they then just go back and save she, Corey. She knew her. how to save Corey the whole time. Um, so that's the elves bit. <laughs> I didn't didn't really love that to be honest because I get. As has always been the case with this show, each individual bit of it, it's not bad on its own. It's not bad in the abstract, but it's just not adding anything yeah. to what we're trying to it, do. It doesn't build up. Remember much. all that cool Lex Superboy stuff? Not only is Lex dead, even like the emotional outlay from that doesn't really come back. Yeah. Like Superboy has conflict later on. But it's but not. But it's it's just sort of imposed upon him because he gets wounded by a Morgul blade. <clears throat> you know, he it's not just it's not just all organic to him. Yeah, it's not personal. Like he doesn't develop feelings towards yeah. Lex. He just yeah. develops a dark side because he does not say, "Hey guys, I think I've been poisoned," yeah. to his friends. Yeah. Or like you vomit. You know, he just vomits a snake and then doesn't tell everybody about it because. Like, yeah. let's face it, if you vomited a snake up, you'd be like, oi, guys, get Lads, in here. There's a bit of... I think there's something wrong. I'm vomiting snakes. Anyone got any ideas? Should I let it go down the tunny here, or yeah. should I? Should we keep it? So Mother Mayhem starts fucking with Sebastian a bit more, and she tricks him into going back into the tech guy's office, and he stabs himself in the eyes with scissors. Like that. Fucking horrible to look at yeah wouldn't kill you he like he like how far deep does he need to go you have to go like deeper than the length of a pair of scissors okay cool. you just lose your eyes sweet like maybe that's what happened but also no he just falls over dead like it it doesn't matter but again (laughs) he should just be lying on the floor screaming and writhing he died from shock he died yeah Hmm. yeah not like actual shock just surprise yeah yeah he died from being incredibly (laughs) surprised um, and so everyone thinks he did it again. So he sort of get, he gets arrested. So Bennett comes to him in detention, tries to get him to say these magic words, Azrath Zenthmetrion. Mm-hmm. Um, and but before he does, uh, and this was a cool moment. Connor smashes through the wall and takes it. Just fucking grabs him, and he's like, that's, "We're the we're the Titans. You're with us now. Let's go." That's cool, cool Superboy shit. This show hits you with moments like that and every like, so why often, does this and I'm not like, "All the time." You're like, "There it is. That's what I'm fucking here for." And then you wait three episodes for it to and happen. And then, again. We, and then, yeah, then there's lots of sort of messing around. Rachel and Gar find the tree of bones from his vision, um, and what he's there, and the bones are telling him something which is that when the blood moon is full, the world will fall to evil. And there's lots of concern about this blood moon that's going to happen. Mm. Now, am I right? Blood moon, that's when the moon looks a bit red. Yep. And it happens every so often. Yep. This is a natural occurrence. Yep. In this storyline, it's just the natural occurrence, but it has some occult meaning. Right? Uh, yeah. It's just the time of year or time of decade. The sto- the Yeah, the, t- the, the blood moon... We have like four episodes that take place in the one night. Yeah. It's, it's like the last yeah, Jedi of they're trying Titans. trying to keep, keep what's-his-face away from the Blood the Moon. The night of the Blood Moon. Eight hours. Multiple, multiple episodes take place. I like that. That's a cool idea. We're just sort of doing this in real time. I must ask, though, do you remember ever seeing a red moon? Yes. When? Uh, it's shown. Um, what's his face shows the sky to Rachel. That's it. They're walking through the. Is forest. it once? Let's go to the sky. Maybe no. 
No, I think you see it when um, uh, Connor is trying to redirect the satellites. They show a red moon. Well, no, they. I think they should. I remember in that bit they show the moon, but now it's not red because the satellite thing has nice. worked. So they and I saw that, and red. I was like, <laughs> so now we're seeing the moon. There's just so many references to the red moon, and it's such a big deal, and you it's know. a good story yeah, conceit. I think that's. But why I was like, can you just show me a red moon? Yeah, their it's temple so being weird. underground ruins the fact of a blood moon. Like, yeah, and we're if just, their temple was in a valley somewhere, and we're just indoors the whole time. Yeah. but like that's such a strong visual of something yeah. being ominous and yeah. like something Imagine panning up from your fucking plinth of blood. To, to a blood moon, to a, yeah, beaming down upon you, like yeah. fuck, that's horrifying. And like a proper blood moon, not like how it looks in real life. Yeah, and then actual werewolves and stuff. Actual werewolves, maybe, yeah. yeah. Just howling in this fucking. I just like, at the temples in Transylvania somewhere. Yeah. Bam, visuals. You can do that with CGI these days. Yeah, I mean, you can do a lot. I know we have a CGI. You budget, can make Toronto look like anywhere. It just, it just seemed like a weird oversight <laughs> that we don't actually see the moon. Episode Vancouver? four. No, it's Toronto. Where they film it? Yeah. Um, Toronto is Gotham. It's also <laughs> Metropolis. I actually, I actually can't find. I haven't tried hard to find out, but it's not obvious. Toronto. It's not listed anywhere. Obvious where they actually filmed it, but yeah, it'd be something like that. Um, so, so super super mart <laughs> is episode four. I like a lot of the episodes have fun names, and I like it. So we flash back this this was a, a pretty good episode i thought i kind i kind of liked going back to the season 1 stuff because so much happens in this show that is just dropped immediately yep like characters and storylines again they're not bad in and of themselves but we just sort of move on and like when you go back through what happened in all the seasons you're like fuck this has been so many people and places and things and events mm-hmm. that have happened in this show and so i kind of liked we're going with talking about locations and events and characters from season one that are having some roll-on effect Come in this like season. Rachel's because, like, the asylum is something yeah. that never really made sense to me because at time it of felt like it. season one just finished too weirdly. Like season one yeah. did not wrap up; it just well, they had this episode. Well, yeah, they well they they moved they famously moved the final episode to be the first episode of season two. Also, the asylum episode of season one feels like a finale episode because mm-hmm. we're burning down the lair of the villains. Yeah, even though I wasn't, I didn't really get why was like attachment to it was or what its significance was. But burning down the asylum—that's a good way to end a season. It is. Anyway, in this episode, we're going back to the asylum to try to figure out what's going on we start with a flashback to 1996 and i thought it was quite funny that 1996 is really coded like the 60s yeah (laughs) with like the yellow color grading season of the witch is playing (laughs) and so we're we're shown that mother mayhem she's already got witch powers i now realize before the cult ever finds her what so she, she she's working in an office. Her boss gives her a bit oh, of a hard yeah, time. She so she's like, fucking, and she force throws him out of a window. Yeah. Um, but I don't think she does it on purpose. I think it's just her willpower. And well, he does this. And I think she like, kind oh, of knows that. what she's doing. I did that. Yeah. Oh. And then it's the, the baddie from season one is back in the flashback. I forget his name. You know, like he's bald in season one, but mm. now it's the past. So he has hair. <laughs> and he invites her to join. 
the organization, the organization, which is Trigon's cult, where we cultivate people's special aptitudes. She says the magic words, and he disappears. We're back in the Scooby van. Jenks is still there, unfortunately. <laughs> they so this so okay, they're not for long. So they're starting to think that Trigon might be back, or like the organization might be back, and they're like, "Didn't they all die at the asylum when we set it on fire and killed them?" Um, because we have actually pretty flexible rules about killing people, depending on the time. So they're like, let's go back and see what's going on. This is where they this is where they do again. Dis, they at least discuss: should we get Superman involved? And they're like, no. Once again, there's an exploding red dwarf that he has to deal with. So don't even don't even text him. <laughs> it, but there are also there's an exploding red dwarf, and it is taking in other members of the weeks. Justice League. So they get so now a super supermart has been built on top of the um, asylum, yeah. which is a good bit. There's lots of jokes in this, and I think a lot of them are actually good. Mm-hmm. The show is self-aware in a lot of ways that I really appreciate. Um, so baddies are watching them on the security cameras. So the the zombies, Mother Mayhem refers to as the hounds of hell, mm. but they're just sort of like people with zombie weapons. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if they're. So yeah, I think it's just a low budget version of well, what it could have been. Yeah, like I guess. it could have been. Like, she could have raised. I would have preferred her to raise an army of dead. Raise an army of the dead. Yeah. And then, like, even if they're like rotting corpse people, that would look visually terrifying. Yeah. Have superheroes fighting zombies, like well, actual zombies, not yeah. just brainwashed people yeah. that they then kill. Yeah. You could go full out gore if the people were already dead. Yeah, you need hounds of hell. If it's and if you if they're called hounds of hell, yeah, glowing have, eyes or some shit. Have some werewolves. That'd be fucking cool too for the blood moon. Yeah, because um, that'd be a different kind of fight for Nightwing and that. Yeah, you know, it'd be kick ass. Anyway, there's a there's a untouched jail underneath the asylum that wasn't burned down. Mm. And they're like, fuck, we should have done more burning. We should have tried harder here. Yeah, we should have burnt more of this brick building. They find a creepy... <laughs> this fully concrete building. We should have burnt it more. <laughs> they find a creepy... I'm like, well, maybe there's a lesson here, guys, that you should sort of just like... Go, when stuff happens, just like go back and check. Like, don't just keep Hang moving around on. for a little while. Just have some degree of continuity. Ask, like, ask Star Labs to go and just do like... You know how they do like three D scans of archaeological sites and be like, "There's not a prison under there full of the hands of hell, is there?" And yeah. also, did we get the bad stuff. guys? Did we get the bad guys? Did we get the bad guys? They find a creepy children's book foretelling their demise. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Who? Yeah. I think what she is that? made that. She, I think, Mother, Mother May- Mayhem just to fuck it. with them. Drew it when she was imprisoned there at the asylum. Oh, right. Having her visions of the future or whatever it is. She's okay. like, yes, this is the future. Okay. Yes. But also calling it Super Supermart, showing the outside of Super Supermart, and not going into Super Supermart for the zombie fight pissed me off a little bit. Yeah, good point, actually. Zombie fight in shopping center, much cooler than zombie fight in shitty hospital jail. That's the classic place to have a zombie fight. Yeah, because then you get to use random shit yeah throw, throw toys at them yeah and tins of baked beans and stuff fuck yeah yeah like that's... saucepans <laughs> saucepans guys Fucking saucepan fighting imagine nightwing but it's two saucepans oh, so cool. that would be so funny and good yeah and yeah. tim drake doing shit but yeah. with sort like pushing over like pushing over like yeah shelves and stuff yeah just just think of the dawn of the dead references oh, i know 
Yeah. Instead, it, it writes itself. They use this. It's a bit of it's there. It must empty fucking there's a factory. Lot, there's a lot of factory warehouse setting fights. So I, I like towards the end they go to a factory warehouse mm-hmm. and it's clearly like just not in use. So they put some pallets against the wall, <laughs> light some candles and turn half the lights on, and then spray the room with water and bam. Man, that's that's is that's that... fucking production value when they're doing that spell later on. To oh, try when and they, like, when, but there's just like when they try to eight little sections Rachel's of candles and half the lights. I'm like, yes, that looks beautiful. Like, who sets these candles up? I guess I guess Dick and Rachel lit them before they got started. <laughs> they're doing a spell. You got to light some candles. In my mind, or plug some lamps if you're doing in. A black magic spell. It would feel a lot cooler if they were just. In the RV, and terrifying shit happened in a smaller location, or yeah. if they just did it in a house somewhere. They could have varied up these fights a little bit because they they are often they often sort of go for about the same length of time mm-hmm. and are in a roughly similar sort of open space. Yeah, a hallway just, somewhere. Well, that's the, like Daredevil. They figured out if we just put it in a narrow hallway, it's fresh and different. Mm. They just need to do one of these in a hallway, do one of them, you know, in a moving car. Just, yeah, have, just have like cool. Just mix happen. just mix it up a little bit. I could I could watch Nightwing punch people till the chaos come. I home. would love a Nightwing fight on the emergency exit from a building. Like the Yeah. The outdoor set the, of stairs. That starts to break just, away. Yeah, him trying to get to the top and mm-hmm. all the bad guys are in his way and so he's yeah. like fighting people, climbing ladders. Throwing dudes off of yeah, it, yeah, like, a bit that of that would be, be good. so fucking visceral. Yeah, and work for Gotham, definitely yeah. work for Gotham. Yeah, and like at a bit, he jumps across to a balcony directly across, continues mm-hmm. the fight, jumps back. Yeah, but kind of like Shang Chi, exactly like Shang Chi does a bit that, of that, that scaffolding fight. That bus fight is so cool. That it is, isn't it? Mm. I love Shang Chi. Me too. And where is he? Exactly. I've said this before. Hashtag where is Shang Chi? I mean, it was only last year, right? Nah. <laughs> No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> wasn't it, it, twi- feels, it feels like last wasn't year. Wasn't it 2020? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Uh, oh, so they, they find audio tapes of the flashbacks we've been seeing. <laughs> so now there's more flashbacks, but the gang can hear it. Yeah, now the, to- the characters can know. Yeah. Um, and is it that... So Mother Mayhem gave birth to Sebastian after being impregnated by Trigon somehow. Yeah, that's how that's how that works. But then they're like, the prophecy is that it's exactly a like Jesus. So we've got to get rid of this kid. Exactly like Jesus. Exactly like Jesus. And so she's, so she gets all upset. Mm. I was got really confused. I thought we were watching Rachel's mum for quite a bit of this. Uh huh. Because then I was like, oh well, that that's why she's in opposition to the asylum in mm. season one because they took her other child. Yeah. And so she started to go crazy. Yeah. But then I was like, oh no, it's just the, it's just Franco Patente. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I had to do a bunch of searching. Anyway. Um, and so, and, and her son is, is Sebastian. I only got that when on a recap of a future episode. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, doesn't matter. So more flashbacks, all the women of the cult of the organization, like falling backwards into that demon pit, climbing out. Jinx suggests they just kill Sebastian so the prophecies don't get fulfilled, which becomes an increasingly reasonable suggestion as the show progresses. Especially as the show progresses. Yeah. 
But they do point out, look, there's only one night of blood moon left. So we just have to make it until the morning mm. and then everything will be fine. The zombies attack. Um, I also like to- They're somehow impervious to the power of stars. Like Corey does her thing and it doesn't work. Mm. So they're brainwashed, but also sort of shielded yeah. by whatever it is that's going on. Yeah. So Rachel just starts chainsawing heads off me. Fucking mental. Yeah. Mental. Um, yeah. I also enjoyed the fact good, that good. Superboy just stands in a doorway just yeah. to stop them getting through. Like, I'll just chill. Yeah. I'm obviously impervious to whatever they can do. Yeah. Hey, guys, you want to figure this out? I think that's that's cool. Like, the writing that they do yeah. for just making Superboy a human shield quite a lot, mm. that's cool because obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whenever a big fight does kick off, the way I'm fine with the way all the characters are used and the, the roles yeah. they play. Yeah, I think their um, their their usage in in combat is quite yeah. nicely figured out. Jinx has a sort of freezing spell, so she's able to just like hit pause on the game, so they can move to the next <laughs> level. But then Zombie Deathstroke comes up, and this might be my favorite line of the whole season, where they're like, "Jinx, can you do that thing again?" And she's like, "No, I need time to like recharge." Yeah, and Dick says, "What are you, a fucking iPhone 7? <laughs> That's what I'm here for. That's why I keep coming back. I also like they have a little plan. Just like being able to say fuck but in the show to me, just just like make just elevates the the but not the, overusing the, it, not overusing it, yeah. but just elevate. I don't know. It just makes it feel more, re- yeah, yeah, more yeah. real in a way. It it, it makes yeah. it feels more human. That's for yeah, sure. It yeah, it actually humanizes the character. Even though in the real world, a lot of the time you don't say the word fuck. No, I say it more and more as the years go by, <laughs> including in professional settings. <laughs> um, what was it? Sebastian uh, tries to sacrifice I himself. I like that she like, no, I need to recharge. I can't do that. But she can do something else. Like the what she actually does is magic still. What does she do? Turns herself into fucking Sebastian. She like, oh, they, yeah. she does a doppelganger spell yeah. instead of the freeze time spell. I like the zombie death stroke. Me too. I think it's, it's fine. Cool. Puts I love the head back on. Connor just punches his head off. So cool. And uh, he just puts it back on. Mm. That'd be a great moment in a zombie movie where... If a zombie like, could put its head back on. Yeah, like the un, the unchangeable rule is if the head goes, the zombie's over. The yeah. moment when a zombie puts its head back, squishes its head back on its own neck. <laughs> that'd be great. Um, anyway, Jinx sneaks into the van and kills Deathstroke. So we're out. Everyone, Well done, everyone. Um, that's when we get back to Star Labs and Connor throws up a snake. So they like put Sebastian in this safe room. They're like, just stay in here. We've just got to wait till the moon my, is a different my, my color. My point on that is... And Rachel goes in to hang out with him because they're siblings. If your Dick Grayson have access to millions oh, and millions... If only. Yeah. Um, you have this dude... You and need Star to, Labs you, This now. dude you need to just keep away from the bad guys for eight hours or so. Get on a fucking plane. Leave the country. Yeah, true. Although, like, I, it's all. I'd also kind of feels like all bets are off with magic. Leave the country. But I feel like Mother Mayhem would would just like apparate over there or something. I guess, but I th- at least it'd like, still take her. Just put them in one place, defend a, it. A, 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 an amount of time to get back to the thing. Like, yeah, maybe. If you get him far enough away. <laughs> it's kind of crazy now. The Titans <laughs> have access to the full resources of Star Labs of all of Bruce Wayne's shit. Yeah. All of Star Labs and now all of LexCorp. Yeah. <laughs> like kind of 
three of the, the richest two, organizations two overpowered. in the world. Like it's crazy. In addition, and that's just their material resources. In addition to what they can do <laughs> just with their own hands. But then again, none of that is explored enough. No, no, it's not. Well, it, it, it's not enough against magic. Did we see a Batmobile at all in this season, in this series? No. I don't think you see it in the show at all. That's yeah. sad. That's sad. Yeah. I'd prefer to see a Batmobile and not Batman. Yeah. Also, I'd prefer better Batman casting, but we've talked about that before. We've talked about that before. Again, we are, you know, the, the audience is far from unanimous on that. Lots of people love him, but unfortunately... I mean, I love him. He's a great actor. Not for Batman. <laughs> hashtag not our Batman. <laughs> Episode 5, Inside Man. People are chilling in the tower. So... This is where we really get to meet Bernard for the first time. Yeah. Scene one, I was like, is there romantic energy here? I'm getting little bits of romantic energy between him and, and Bernard. I think it's fine. Give him this little extra relationship. Yeah. It, I think it's good to have one of them have a relationship with someone who's not one of the team. Because it did increase a little bit of, well, we're probably going to die. Even though... Isn't that sad? Bernard is basically one of the team. He's, he, he's the man in the chair. Yeah. And I think that's a good... That's a, that was a good way to have them have a relationship with someone else who's not a superhero. Although, calling Tim Drake a superhero at this point, I still think it's quite generous. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's like there's a reason why he's involved, but not in the field. So, that was good. So, yeah. Connor's been wounded by a mortal blade. Snake comes back out of the toilet with sort of skibbity toilet energy. Bernard and Tim go to take on the snake, but it's huge now. And they run away. There's lots of arm touching. Mm-hmm. And they totally almost kiss afterwards. After the, you know, the two big <laughs> aphrodisiacs are <laughs> Near death, death and giant snake, snakes. Giant snakes. <laughs> um, There's no aphrodisiac like, like giant, giant snakes. snakes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so they split up to try and find the snake. There's a guy that his face eaten off. Love all. Oh, that was fucking horrific, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, one time. Part of the course, man. I mean, I don't know. I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah, guy with face eaten off. I guess it's a little bit. It's more extreme than this show has been previously. Yeah. And it is funny in a set of characters in a world really initially intended for children. <laughs> And has lots of media around it. Doesn't spoke, focus specifically at children, where the yeah. main characters are children. And I, I like it. The show it's like we are going to do some fucked up stuff because we can because it's HBO. It's not TV. Yeah. Um. So Connor goes full bad. He's been taken over by Mother Mayhem. So she's puppeteering him around. So he gets Sebastian out of the safe room, but then Jinx is able to freeze Connor, and they get and they chain. Connor up again and get and get Sebastian back. The others go on the road and end up back at the Elko Diner, which is a chain. Um, <laughs> don't know if you know the Tamaran Trainer is there again. It's a vision of some sort. Ah, uh, this. Someone says to her, "What's going on?" And instead of explaining, she says. We don't have much time. I <laughs> fucking hate this trope. This that turn of phrase. I don't. I know why it got me so much in when it happened in this. Like it's so common. Someone just like, can you please explain what is happening right now? And instead of just explaining it in concisely, 
we don't have much time. We have to keep going. Yeah, that's cool. Do just it would be oh. Would you prefer it? Oh. I'll tell you later. We've got to go. Because then it's I, still the character gets to, the character gets to tell them. At least acknowledging that I'm going to tell you at some point. Yeah. Um, it's a so, long story. Oh yeah, all right. So the Tamaran trainer was like, <laughs> "We should." It's, it's a, a long, long story. It's a long story. Well, <laughs> it's still really essential that you tell me. Um, so the trainer wants to kill Sebastian because she's like, "It's his destiny. He won't be able to resist his destiny." So the theme of this season, I guess, is around like destiny mm-hmm. and choice. Mm-hmm. It does have a theme. Mm-hmm. And it's about to what degree are people making their own choices and to what degree are they just bound by their destiny, I guess. Which is supported by all this stuff coming back from season one and whether like they whether they actually achieved anything in season one or if they just sort of they it's a sort of a final destination situation where this is always going to happen at some point. So that's good. Um so the snake is a curse, and Jinx is like, don't know if I can get rid of that. And they're like, brilliant idea. Gar turns into a virus to infect, to go into Connor's body and infect and destroy the snake. I thought that was the fucking stupidest thing. <laughs> it was so fucking stupid. I look, it's okay. I mean, whatever, you know, but my thing, people, it, the thing, the thing is people just sort of come up with ideas and then they just do it and then it just works. <laughs> And then it's like, okay, sick, let's go. I mean, in fairness, as a result of being snake being snake cursed, mm. that's what makes Connor start to embrace his evil side. Yep. So it does have character consequences down the track. Yes. Um, Gar, I, Gar's a little bit destabilized by having become a virus, but not really. No, yeah. But Gar's whole character and deal isn't really changed by realizing that he is the defender of the force that pervades all life throughout all universes he's still just gar at the end so i don't mind if you want to turn gar into a virus but in service of what at a story level it gets to the point where like whenever anyone's in jeopardy like at the end when connor they're like oh he won't wake up i'm like he will just give it a minute i have this red kryptonite okay I'm just going to inject him and I see know, how that goes. I know now that Connor is going to lie there for a while. And at a certain point, just going to get up. He'll come back. And it'll be fine. Yeah. And then it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and then we move. So, the... um, so, they're like, so they're like, girls, girls like, yeah, brilliant. I'll do this. It's fine. Becomes a virus. Gets in there. Um, they're like... We're at like forty percent snake or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it gets gets more and more, and then Connor goes into V fib, and we know this because Bernard holds his iPhone over him, <laughs> and it's like doing a scan. It's just an <laughs> iPhone. So they do a Pulp Fiction heart shot, which doesn't solve V fib, and uh, he comes. <laughs> sorry, just just to continue my. <laughs> My, what do you mean? What do you uh, know? All medical procedures in TV are real. Um, so VFib, that's an arrhythmia your heart is in. The solution uh-huh. to that is defibrillation. Yep. So put the electrodes on to put, to put you into a, you more, into might, a regular In the process rhythm. of shocking someone multiple times to resolve that rhythm, they might have adrenaline at some point to sort of help the body along. Not that there's any really strong evidence to support that actually does anything, but it's just a part of established practice, so you have to keep doing it. But just being in V-fib, shooting adrenaline into them, really only makes the situation worse in and of itself, because it's just 
Yeah, um, but it makes it faster. Yeah. That's cool, right? That's yeah. better. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean, if someone's in VFib, you'd still get to do a movie thing, like have the old paddles and like rub them together and be like, Claire, burn. Like, that's fine. Uh, anyway, this he vomits a snake again and and Tim hits him with his bow staff. So he's, he's coming along. Mm. He's a part of the team. It's good that he's here. Um, so I'm hearing the then panic- they make out. Um, yes, at yeah. the end of this episode, yeah. um, Tim Tim Drake's meant to be like the best one of, of the, the Robins, Robins. like uh, the best detective. Uh, yeah, well, is my I think Dick Grayson's the best. No, uh, yes, I'd say Tim Drake is the best. Robin. Dick Grayson, he's sort of like V one, and he's a, and there's some jankiness he, to it. Tim and he's only been Nightwing. Yeah. Uh, Jason Todd is just fucking crazy. He does and Tim, Tim, Tim Drake is like, Robin. you can actually be a Batman. You're actually quite good. Hmm. But in this show, he ends up just sort of getting written and coming across as like a geek. I mean, his his little side episode, he gets to be a good detective or is like shown moments of getting to be a good detective because he solves You're talking about riddle. when he goes to Gotham? Yeah, because he solves that Red Hood riddle. But doesn't he go there to find Venter I think and that... not find them? No, I don't think he's there to find Venter. I think yeah, because is. Dick... Um, at the end of that episode, you see Jason Todd on the phone with Dick being like, so you taught him? He was on his way back. And he's like, yep. And I'm pretty sure he just got sent there for training. The Venter thing is not real because it never comes up again. Why didn't he just send him there for training? Because he needed a purpose to send him away to have a, a goal. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Maybe because Tim's answer would have been, this is the second last episode yeah. and things are really heating up. This is an insane time for me to leave the team and go and try and mm-hmm. do training for, and like I, a I'm, day, I'm a gonna, day of training. I'm going to be there for an for an afternoon, <laughs> getting the shit kicked out of me by Jason Todd. I don't think that's really going to help us here. I do We're like trying him. to stop Satan. Jason Todd goes, yeah, he'll be better than all of us. I'm like, yeah, cool, great. We don't get to see that. Yeah, the show's cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even see it as cancelled. I feel like you did four seasons. Great. Yeah, you know, it's not like we're in the middle of something here, and the fact that this season like reflects season one, you know, there's a certain there's a certain book ending. Uh, yeah, there's a book ending, absolutely. Yeah. Coriander's still having visions. She has <laughs> visions of <laughs> that's her name. Yep. She <laughs> yeah, she has visions of her future with Dick, and they have a baby. Um, and then there's a vision of how Sebastian will destroy everything, but then she's like, "No, Tamaranian, we're not gonna we're not gonna kill him." I like how, as time goes on, Coriander was like, oh, I really should have killed him. I should have just done it. Oh, that was a, a, it was a band-aid my, we could have ripped. My, my my bad, everyone. Some Sometimes you just got to cook a fool, you know. <laughs> and that's been my advice to this team in the past. Look, don't just kill everyone all the time. But, like, a well-chosen murder at the right time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can really move the dial. Again, when you're talking about Satan. An interdimensional being, whatever. Mother Mayhem appears in the diner. And then Sebastian says the magic words to save the others, basically. Mm. So I do like a lot of the way Sebastian is being written and constructed. He has, I don't like the game bullshit, but he has he has complex motivations. And his path to being evil is not linear so i'm not it should be a bit more linear at certain points but it's 
you know, like like the fact that he it's it's he goes with her at this point to save the good guys. Yeah, and while and, he's there, he's then manipulated more. Like yeah. he's then like, I only came here to save them. Yeah, like he has a purpose for doing like that. he's he he's yeah, he's he's vulnerable. There are actions and consequences. Yeah, he is someone who is extremely harmful to the world around him, but emotionally vulnerable. Yeah, and it's, that's a great. That's it's a, written with the a best, lot of. A, a that's lot a of great good, character. A lot of good therefores and buts instead of end thens for his yeah. for his line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It becomes and then and then because he just sorts of like he just starts it circling becomes, the drain, and they go back and forth too many times. But overall, great character and well written and well performed, as far as I'm concerned. Back at Star Labs, Tim and Bernard finally make out. Uh, Gar reassembles from being a virus, and like that was sick. Sebastian <laughs> arrives at the cult, and they are super excited. Something we're lacking is just who these people are, what their deal is, yep. and what they're to what degree they're making choices. But you lack, and that to what in degree all they this. are they they are brainwashed. These bunch of like Noel Fielding looking motherfuckers. He's got in that every cave. time you have a cult, you lack any sort of like background for the people in the cult. Need more background for the people and builds and you need to build some of them up into being henchmen so that the gang has some people to fight on their way up the tower at the end to get to Brother Blood. Yeah. Otherwise consider they're just like fighting SWAT teams. I'm like, why are they against you? Yeah. You're in Star Lab. Yeah, you're not shown them getting brainwashed to be against you. No. Yeah. And you need that scene. Yeah. Episode 6, Brother Blood. This is the finale of part one, because this was a two-part series. Connor, he shaves his head, puts on a leather jacket. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Love this version. Blood Moon is still two hours and ten minutes away from setting. Gar says not to call it Frisco, like I said. Connor says everything I've been saying. <laughs> so Connor's talking to Deck, he's like, how many people has Joker killed since Batman bashed his head in? And they're like, None. And he's like, that's a great point. Mm. Great point. <laughs> Gar's having virus visions. Connor has the idea to get rid of the blood moon altogether, so he starts taking over control of Lex Corp slash Star Labs. Um, he calls Dick Richard, which I like. Dick is trying to figure out a way to get Sebastian out of the building. Jinx explains the history of like apparating, mm. and it includes the issue that the Earth moves through space. As we were talking about just the other day. Should, yeah. yeah. Um, so she's like, it's difficult to do it because when you move to another point on Earth, the Earth is, has spun. And so you need to figure out the math. My only issue here is the only way to have consistent coordinates in space is in reference to constant points that would require like a steady state for the whole universe. Because there are no constant points. Yeah. So there's actually, I don't think there is a way you could mathematically predict well, if you well can, I guess you can predict constant, the path of the Earth. You can predict the path of the constant points that you want to use. You can predict the path of the Earth. I mean, this is in a way this is in a way beyond us. But um, yes, it is. Just a just a point. Gonna have to speed up here. We get some Sebastian flashbacks of how everyone's always been mean to him, and how he was good at maths. But they're like, you're so good at maths, you have to be in the dumb maths class to because master you the fundamentals. Your fucking teacher for some reason. Yeah. And like, yep, cool. That yeah. teacher gets fired. The moon is no longer red. Everyone is high fiving each other. I liked Rachel 
sort of enjoying not having her powers. Me too. But we sort of don't really follow through on that as a storyline because she's sort of she's like this is better actually I like this and then at a certain point she just gets them back mm-hmm. it's like okay we're, okay fine yep. so the fact that she doesn't want to have her powers back actually kind of just removes conflict from yeah. like she's not motivated to go after Mother May she's like this is good actually I'm but, pretty like, chill but, but, but you know like you having those powers that's going to be kind of essential to us stopping Satan again so I know the maple syrup smells good, but we really need... It does actually smell good. <laughs> You're <laughs> really involved here. Uh, this is when Freedom Beast uh, oh, appears for the first time. And it's like, take yourself to the red when the tower splits in half. I don't think a tower ever splits in half, but all of life depends on you, Garfield Logan. Big words. So there's conflict here between Dick and Connor of, their, of Connor's new sort of kind of evil way of doing things but it's kind of just sort of finally taking advantage of all of their resources rather than yeah just doing nightsticks good lines here good stuff from here this isn't my dark side it's the side that's looking out for me but maybe that's why you don't like it so sort of casting dick in kind of a batman role mm-hmm. um yeah he goes through why the whole crew is kind of useless <laughs> and he says Corey's blue thing <laughs> inconsistent at best like yeah thank you connor i like that we're pointing this stuff out figure out where the cult is sebastian just goes straight into the blood and goes into another vision it's just a flashback of his girlfriend breaking up to him he breaks up with his girlfriend oh, yeah because, because he like, believes she'll break up with him eventually I'm yeah like, dude yeah it's your own fucking fault mate yeah and mother mame is like you need to be a bit less of a bitch all the time and then the girlfriend's there. Oh, she's part of the crew already. Oh, is she? Yeah. The she, cult? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, the same girlfriend is okay. part of the cult. Fair enough. The Titans kind of have a plan to all sort of hold hands and apparate Sebastian back into the lab. Like their powers combined, sort of Care Bears style. Yeah. We'll be able to Captain draw Planet. him back. Yeah. Um, Hard. Connor, but he's, Connor's on his own shit, and he just goes straight to the cult and he tries lasering Mother Mayhem in the face. Doesn't work at all. Rachel is able to see into the cult and that they have Connor and now they're like, well, shit, because you can't teleport two people at once because they get all gooply-gooped together. So they have to go and fight the cult now because of Connor. So his new personality has consequences for the whole group. That's Mm -hmm. good. That's a good storyline. Corey is still worried about the the whole destiny side of things. And, Again, and Dick is like, just fuck all that off. Who cares? Like that was a that was a weird book in a prison <laughs> under the super supermart. Let's just focus on what we're doing right now. A book that they could have ignored. Like they didn't yeah. have to read it at that point in time. Yeah. Um, there's a little reference to crypto being sad about Connor, which I like. Crypto not in this enough. No. Of, like as soon He's as you present? realize crypto is the super dog. Yeah. Use the fucking super dog. Super, give the super dog something. Also, the stakes of possibly crypto being killed by a bad guy is so, so much more larger than one of these kids being killed by a bad guy because you know for a fact yeah. they're not going to kill one of their main actors. Yeah. But, but they a, could kill the dog. But even if they did, I would care much less than if they killed the dog. Exactly. Like, if Connor had died, sorry, zero emotional reaction. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. If that dog dies. I know. Because of things these guys did. Also, have Crypto fight the Hounds of Hell. Ah. Oh, 
yes. crypto versus a bunch of zombie satanic wolves. Oh my god. That's what we're here for. Fuck yeah. Would be hard to render, I understand. Um so Car Gar smashes into the cult as a big green gorilla, and as as we said, it looks great. Um smashes there's a big crystal, he smashes it, and Rachel gets transformed again. Rachel's being, powers get released back to her. She's now even more white. Yeah, she's white. Now she has white clothes as well. Mm. So she's gone further than John McCain ever did. Yeah, she's got her powers back, but they're different. Yeah. How are they different? <laughs> they're, she says they feel different. Okay. That's how but she's different. still full of evil because they have to do a whole spell later to yeah, get it out. Yeah, but they feel different. I just want Rachel to have done one evil thing ever. For all the talk about how she's full of evil and they have to actually like create yeah, but a she, demon out of her. To then defeat. She's like, this is a side of me. She's not like, this is a problem in me. She's like, no, this is who I am. That guy with the weird jigsaw mask face. That's actually who I am on some <laughs> level. And I would that just think was pretty creepy. But she's actually just a really nice warm person in yeah. real life <laughs> so doesn't really add up for me jinx has a cool costume too she tries to freeze mother mayhem but then totally gets stabbed um i presume if there was another season or a spin-off she would come back because they say multiple times how this isn't the first time i've died yeah, yeah. she's sort of first time james franco in that meme style <laughs> sebastian drinks the blood does a big scream and then gets into the blood pool gar gets asks to be taken to the red and the rest of the team just vanishes episode seven calls folly what do you think about the hidden town it was a fucking waste of time it was kind of a waste of time but i i sort of like liked a, it as a, a contained vibe, thing yeah a waste of time vibe well cool waste of time it's really it, it's all just about getting the horn Yep. None of the characters are any different afterwards, are they? Nope. No. Because I, I think it's just Corey realizes, like, slightly that Dick has feelings for Corey. <laughs> and I mean, you could have got realizes that. realizes it slightly. You could have got that from a single conversation. Yeah. You didn't need to be trapped in this town for a couple of days. Yeah. This is kind of the closest we get to the episodic monster of the week version though it is the closest we get to that they, pit, yes. they come up to a town in the rv they get into scrapes it's a problem it just happens to be a part of this larger i do like context. the fight scene in a church yeah that's pretty cool using the book as a weapon uh -huh. beating the shadow people always love people using a book as a weapon in using a fight. weapon using things that are weapons that are not weapons yeah that's using everyday yeah. using everyday items Oh, we get it's to kind see. of hard to follow what happens on a scene by scene basis because first of all, there's a scene in the in the cult. Sebastian comes out of the blood pool, which is CGI for some reason. Like it's not actually even it's not real liquid blood on him. That it's like a CGI yeah. liquid. I don't know why you would choose to do that. Not practically cheaper. Um, and he's looking pretty intense at this point. But then the team they vanished before, like dematerialized. Mm. But then they wake up six hours later. In that same cave, but now everyone else is gone, mm. and they were in a death realm. But Gar saved them from it somehow. But Gar isn't there. Gar's yeah. in the red, um, and they find Luther's secret book of clues that he left there, in case that woman. He's like, this woman might be so insane and dangerous that she will kill me, and I will need to leave a book of clues to help save the world. Best place to put that. But 
right here. <laughs> but that may not happen, so I think I will just fire her and see what happens. I'm only realizing that now. <laughs> it's so stupid, though. It's so stupid. So it's a book of clues. They take it to Roberta to translate it. This is where Brenton is wearing the ugliest shirt in the world, and I'm very upset by it. <laughs> Poor Brenton. He Turns deserves out much this better. This woman can read the book of clues. She can read the book of clues. She explains that coriander's full power can destroy the horn, which, if it, if blown, it will bring say bring Trigon back, but it will kill her as well. They break the code. They figure out the location of the horn. They need to bring Trigon back. So Connor goes. Connor goes back to Cadmus Labs and finds Mercy Graves, who's mm-hmm. still involved, and she's like, Lex was a great guy, actually, and wasn't racist or anything. You should claim your legacy with LexCorp. They go out to the field to find the horn, and Bernard tracks them down. Yeah. Bernard just arrives. And so <laughs> Bernard comes on screen, and I say this with love, and I say this with respect, in a gay little car. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right? Which I presume is entirely... I'm like, yeah, that's Bernard's car. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That's a gay little car. <laughs> a little Mitsubishi. Fantastic. I love him. I love everything about him. Yeah. I love what he brings to the group. So Tim rides with him, obviously, because they're, they're vibing. But I, but they have some conflict and, I like, and they're like, we should, we should probably just focus on the mission. Until the world is saved. Yeah. And then we can pick this back up afterwards. Mm. The Scooby van drives through like a time portal and arrives at Call's Folly. And they meet Dave Carter, the sheriff. And the, the little electric car can't follow. The, yeah, it's the electric, the little Mitsubishi that can't. They, uh, Raven gets kidnapped. Tim and Bernard check into a motel and it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah, they said they was going to wait until safety. But, like, but turns out we've actually got a night free. Fucking is necessary. <laughs> turns out there's actually nothing to do tonight, which we weren't <laughs> expecting because we've lost everyone. And we're just going to sort of see what... We're just going to circle back on this in the morning. They're like, well, hey, <laughs> we're here. So good for them, I guess. Um, Dick goes to the sheriff's place and gets arrested. So I like them being all sort of depowered in this world so dick yeah. isn't just isn't as good at fighting for some reason and they're all being slowly brainwashed the end of this episode it hits you with a to be continued it's the only time it ever says to be continued and i was like well yeah it's episode seven of 12 yeah but it's it, this episode is a two-parter <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it but it, it's not no <laughs> it's, all the rest of them are episodic, though. Like, we weren't going to see the end of that episode and be like, oh, that's it. <laughs> Very strange. Anyway, so another great episode titled Dick and Carol and Ted and Corey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dick and Coriander wake up in bed together in little pajamas. And so they're being brainwashed by the radio tower, which has... Um, All-time Rocky Roll. Yeah. Yeah. And the radio tower is being fed by the blood of like Stellan Skarsgård from Dune kind of thing. I did like that vibe yeah. of that dude attached to the thing. You have a kind of three-eyed raven going on yeah, up the there. The very fake blood pipes is yeah. stupid, but his good. like him looking like he's evaporating. Very good to have that in there, because if you didn't have some... Otherwise, it's weird that the mechanism doing this is a radio tower and not something magic. Yes. You know? Yeah, if it was just some technology brainwashing people, yeah. yuck. Yeah. But the fact that it's blood magic infecting the yeah. radio tower. 
Brendan manages to change into an even uglier shirt than before. This time, (laughs) it's salmon. (laughs) But that's on purpose, because he's meant to to be a loser in this universe. Named Um, Ted. So I like the waitress and dad are immune to the... Like, this is a great little plot and world. It is a cool little world. You could do a little mini-series about they're immune to the brainwashing because they're deaf. Mm. He, like, deafened himself so he could stay free. Excellent. Because she would have been, like, um, you can picture, like, she would have been immune from the get-go, yeah. realizing everybody's changing, and then she's like to her dad, oi, yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Deafens himself, learns to lead ri- read lips, to lead rips. Yeah, absolutely. They, <laughs> there's a church service. Sebastian pulls the horn out of, like, a big lava lamp thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't, the people here. When he put his hand into the lava, I'm like, okay, cool. He's losing his arm to get this fucking horn. Yeah. But then it just heals straight away. I really felt like the horn should be bigger. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it should have been cooler. Yeah. Imagine he pulls out a bugle, like an actual <laughs> bugle, like a red hot bugle <laughs> with a skeleton hand. <laughs> skeleton hand. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been so much fucking cooler. That's, but still just works as a hand yeah. the whole time, absolutely. Yeah, that, he's the bad guy. They all <laughs> are like, we should definitely kill Raven because she might mess with all of our stuff. All the people in the church, are they brainwashed by the radio tower? Yep. Are the people in the cult brainwashed? I don't know. So the people in the cult are fully on board. Why well, wouldn't there be cult members that could run this town? I don't know. Okay. Dick gets old tape recorders. And I like that Dick is fully prepared for a brainwashing scenario. Yeah. This happens all the <laughs> he time. Knows what's up. This happens all the time in <laughs> Gotham. It's fine. Bruce taught me this is the best way to do it. Bad yeah. memories. Record your bad memories. Yeah, Bruce loved to make us do this. <laughs> yeah. I like those old the old sort of pastel tape recorder yeah. things they have. We have a black and white flashback montage with sick electric guitar riffing in the background <laughs> while they reflect. Corey gets taken over. She loses it. But Dick, he's, he's still knows what's going on. Sick church fight. Smashing through pews. It's fun him doing this fight in the salmon shirt. You know, So cool. There's two other cops that shoot each other instead of Rachel, which is pretty funny. Yeah. And a very sort of Tarantino feeling <laughs> scene. Tim and Bernard find the brother of the, the deaf people. And then there's a debate about whether they just go with Tim's vibe of just seeing what the, the staying here with the brother and seeing what happens or going and using and finding more data like Bernard would do. So, you know, there is a, there's a it's tension. There's a dynamic written between yeah. them that is that is legitimate. Um they get to the top of the radio tower, Dick just starts trashing shit, getting covered in blood, love all that. Uh the sky goes all northern lights and the walls of the pocket dimension dissolve so they can escape. You know, this is a good sort of twilight zone. It is a very right. cool little Twilight Zone episode. To be honest, this this felt like less of a waste of time than a bunch of other stuff because it was self-contained enough. The I fact think... that you get the payoff of we dissolve the town and these normal people get saved. Yes. And we got some good fights and it has a beginning, middle and end of I this two-part story. If that it feels good. There's other episodes like when he's doing like the that. game and stuff. Yeah, that feels more like waste of, waste of time because we're just... Everything's just sort of happening, whereas this is contained, gives you payoff, and then um, and then we move on. Although I guess Dude Where's My Gar is pretty contained, and I'm not a fan. Some people love this episode. 
um oh meanwhile back in metropolis connor is like hooks up with sebastian it's like toast to the future maybe we should maybe we should work together weird to me that sebastian is just in a restaurant yep at this point when he's fully like brother blood time hmm. but i guess he still has to eat i'd probably i'd just like be getting takeout at this point you'd think honest. the cult would also be serving him buffets yeah you think they'd help him said he's mm. there like paying a bill anyway episode dude where's my gar maybe one of the best episode titles of great all time. episode title terrible episode yeah just, i can't even just for what the show I don't is even, useless <sighs> you could show him i couldn't believe what i was seeing you could show him becoming um like Wanting to go off on his own and become a superhero on his own. Yeah, he's never wanted that. It doesn't have to happen by making him cursed to be the defender of life in the entire universe. Is it a curse? I don't know. Is it his destiny? He gets the ability to teleport between dimensions easier than any other character in these shows has been. Why does he have it? I don't know. Because it's bullshit. Because old mate in his weird schmock didn't want to keep it. That guy's sweet super suit. Freedom is Beast. the proper lamest thing I've ever seen. I loved it so much. Yeah, Freedom Beast does not look like that terrible helmet. I've very looked. Good. I've looked up like that was bad. pictures from the comics from him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that kind guy kind of looks badass. Like yeah. super ripped, super buff, cool helmet. I like, that, I like that guy, and he's doing a. He does a good job. He's a, doing a very committed performance, yeah. which which is the only thing that kind of saves it. They're on top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh huh. Which, I mean, it's not the most important element, but that's a very well-populated area. Yep. Like, Hence the, the townships below group, them. There's groups of mountaineers trekking over that every day. Yep. It's not like a place you can just... And there's a SWAT team there. Yeah, they're, they're trying to kill the Freedom Beast. That's 6,000 meters. The Freedom Beast. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. What a cool helmet. So lame. I loved it. And there's just so he's got a backwards cape and none a of this, cape. None of this is foreshadowed or is necessary or has any consequences. Uh-huh. Um and the um it's all it's just completely disproportionate and completely unrelated to everything else that's happening in the season. Uh-huh. And the scale of what is being presented to Gar basically becoming a sort of god god of life mm-hmm. it is it, really weird that that translates into our first objective is to just sort of destroy this animal testing lab yeah that turns out to just be him being shown a video of what happened decades ago when this yeah. guy already did that just to show him like yeah, yeah. this is what you can do with your power I'm like, I'm like yeah i understand that that you know, guy would be would be upset that there's animal testing going on. But like, did you not know this has been happening the whole time? Like, the mm. animal cruelty that happens in the world is is staggering and relentless. Yep. Has this thought never occurred to you in the last few years, <laughs> Gar? Like, I don't even want to go through it. To be honest, um, I get Freedom Beast explains how Niles Calder was basically doing like releasing the virus, Unbreakable style, to find someone who could survive it. Yep. He killed Gar's parents. Don't care. I don't care. I don't. It doesn't have any stakes for the season we're currently watching. Why would we care? And and he's like, the Titans are a load of bullshit. You you need to be here doing this red stuff. Gar actually gets annoyed with Freedom Beast for 
for that he's taken so damn long to explain all of the stuff he's explaining. <laughs> like in universe, the characters are getting annoyed at how much time is being spent <laughs> on exposition. I also I like think that that's a point of reflection. Thing is, like you have to be alone, and he's like, but you you literally said that I'm yeah. at one with everybody. Yeah, like therefore. The what ten- the fuck, mate? Yeah, the conflict they're trying to impose is 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 deflated by the characters in world all yeah. the time. Like, and he's like, I know it's hard. I can. Only, he's like, and like he's like saying, like you're 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 the red. You're the bloke who does all the red stuff. Mm. I know it must be hard to learn that you are completely alone. That there's no one else like you. He's Beast Boy, Freedom Beast. <laughs> He's been the only one of him for many years. Like, the, none of this is emotionally new. And just many, as always, completely unexplained questions. What does being protector of the red mean? Why would that mean he must be alone? What does it mean to protect the red? What are you protecting it from? Why doesn't this actually just put him in a much better position to help out the gangs? It seems to be just a massive power-up. <laughs> Yeah, because he he has the ability now to teleport to different now dimensions. Now he can teleport to different dimensions. Um, At fucking will. Maybe it's meant to take a little bit of... Why is this happening now? Yeah. Why? It it, it honestly feels why, and like... And why, why is it happening to him? Why is he the one that has to do the red? It honestly feels like the, the show is like the coolest version of beast boy that exists in the comics is this guy who has these exponentially powerful abilities so we need our beast boy to be that beast boy it just it just feels this just feels like a vision board of an episode not an actual remember when there's all those other beast people in the cave for a minute and it's just a row of all the people who've been the red defenders which is one of them's just one white guy yeah wearing a fucking polo shirt just just a bunch of presumably black african people one white guy stood in the middle. And what that's was going Alan Quartermain. And that's... <laughs> Famous hunter. <laughs> What's he doing in there? Um, the number of um, cameos in this are pretty crazy. Yeah. So on screen, we see Zachary Levi as Shazam. Yep. Which is just footage from his film. There's Derek Mears. Oh, yeah. This is all just Yeah, we see The Flash. Board. We see the Flash. And um, we see Stargirl. We see Stargirl. We see Swamp Thing. And apparently, voice voice only, there's Billy Batson from DC Extended Universe. There's Beast Boy from Teen Titans Go. Yeah, and then we only. saw the f- f- footage of that. He sees that on a TV in a okay. different dimension. All right. Kaylee Croco as Harley Quinn. Cool. Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Oh, for fuck's sake. Jack Nicholson as the Joker. <laughs> Brent State as Dr. Fate from Smallville, Glenn Ford as Jonathan Kent from Superman 1978, and Cesar Romero as Joker from Batman 1966. I was tr- I knew they were going to be in there. I couldn't hear any of that. Me neither. I don't, even, I don't even remember hearing any of those voices. I just remember seeing the pictures. But that's all in there. And then Gar gets spat out of Red World into another pocket universe that is the Doom Patrol mansion with some of the people from Doom Patrol in it, but also some jungle stuff. It's not the real one. They've been sucked there as well. And we don't know why or how. And and we never do. And it doesn't get explained. They eventually 
just get out. They just get and and just walk on on screen in another back at. Yep, they're just in the hallway at Star Labs. I'm quite upset by this. It is very pointless, and that's two episodes. And I know we're running out of energy here because we've been doing this for a long time. It's it is the most pointless part of what I don't I don't understand why it's there. The only good thing, the literally only good thing about the whole situation, is we get about six minutes of Brendan Fraser's voice. We get Brendan Fraser's voice, um, and he <laughs> and it's clear that he's. Having a good time yelling yeah. into a microphone somewhere. Yeah. Calls Garth fuck nuts. He calls a lot of people weird names. Yeah. And that just seems to be a character choice for this robot man. Yeah. Also, weird, weird vibe to have your Doom Patrol have a robot man, but then also introduce Cyborg, the character that is famously a member of the Teen Titans. <laughs> it's weird how no one in the Doom Patrol has a face. Yeah, I'll say that it's easier. It's easier to just give them masks and just cast, do voice acting. Yeah, give them masks and put it all in post. <laughs> everyone just stands around and waves. You can just have your stunt team be the actors, and then yeah. you just voice everything afterward. Yeah, genius, genius. Episode ten, game over. So yeah, there's the fake Doom Patrol mansion. Um, so uh, one other little point. It's fully established that post. Crisis on Infinite Earths that they did, I think, in the Arrowverse or whatever, yep. that Doom Patrol and Titans are in separate continuities. That has been known for a long time. Okay. That is just completely contradicted by this, even though in just the previous episode, you established the existence of multiverses. So it would have been very easy to write in that this has brought together characters from separate continuities into the one continuity, but they just don't mention that. Cool. Just thought I'd say that. Um, that Gar episode, that's uh, written by, that is written by a guy, I forget who it is, but that's the only episode he wrote for this season, mm-hmm. and it was like written... Years ago. Yeah, at least when they were doing season, season. three. Okay. He's um, he's like one of the only writers that's still on the show from earlier seasons, otherwise it's going to be a complete writer changeover as I the see. years go by, which I think is interesting. And I think that's partly why we've transitioned more, I think, as time goes by to a slightly more CW-esque style. Yep. Dude, where's my gar? Inexcusable, frankly. <laughs> um, so Connor's offering to help Sebastian. Sebastian kills Mother Mayhem for the first time. Um, Corey just gets sucked into the Doom Patrol house. Yep. Don't know how or why. Guard. Can't explain it either. No one knows what's going on. No one ever does. Sebastian decides that rather than bring Satan into their dimension, he actually just wants to work on Super Tetris. Mm. And Connor, I guess, is maybe is like wholeheartedly there. No, I think Connor um, through the text messages with Mercy, he's just keeping Sebastian close so they can find a way to kill him. Okay. And I think that's kind of cool. That's a very Lex Luthor thing. Like, yeah, I'll yeah. support your dreams, my yeah. friend. But then obviously you're just here, so I know where you are, so I yeah. can kill you when the time comes. The gang think it, it, it would help if we could break Rachel's tie with Sebastian. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that helps. Um, I, It's because when they were in that little pocket universe, Sebastian couldn't hurt her because everything that happened to Sebastian happened to her. Yeah. So everything that happened to her happened to Sebastian. Oh, so they can't kill Sebastian. So they can't kill him because it'll kill her. Oh, I forgot about that bit. Okay. And so they have to release her, their tie. Okay. Nope. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
um, Dick finds a black magic spell that could do it. Dick finds it. Imagine that. Um, the guy who doesn't like magic finding yeah. magic. Um, and that's character growth. I like this line from Rachel. She goes, black magic is different. It's darker. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would have thought. Oh, wow. Really? So this is a spell that like it sucks out all the bad in you and then you kill it. Mm. They go and see an Italian witch. Who was like, sure, I'll do that for you. In a wonderful empty room that they've decorated yeah, with the candles wonderful and empty lights. candle room. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, the Italian witch lit the candles. What are you talking about? She's been there setting yeah, but up for hours. then she also hours. leaves. And um, like when the fighting happens and the bad guy's there, she's just, we don't see her leave. She's just gone. Yeah, true. She does just sort of, just, anyway. <laughs> uh, everyone really likes Sebastian's game, Abraxas. Yeah. But unfortunately, it does make you weep blood and pass out. Yeah, because he, he imbues part his power into the game. Yeah. So he puts the devil sign in the game. And then, yeah. So he's and like feeding on the players. Yeah, every time someone and succumbs to the game, his power comes to them. I don't think it's ever stated if or how many people die from it. It's not. I think... What I I think it's possible in that in that Bernard is supposed to be real smart, so obviously he finished the game before anybody else. Ah. That's why he goes into a coma, ah, and then no, they shut the fucking it. game down. So presumably, yeah. not too many people die not from the too game. Many people. Yeah, yeah. Connor sees this. He's like, mm, maybe I'm not as evil as I thought I was. I'm going to shut down this game. Yeah. Um, and I, I I did enjoy the part about him shooting in, putting the code in, and letting them letting them break in and delete the game. I thought that was cool, him having his yeah. second thoughts and stuff. I, I think Connor should have just been more evil. Like I think Connor should have just killed him. Yeah. Imagine that. Just kill this dude. Just go for um, Blackburn. Yeah. Be the ba- You could be the bad guy, but just yeah. murder this useless piece of shit. So Rachel produces a symbiote of herself. That is genuinely pretty terrifying. Like I like yeah. that. Is it played yeah. by Brother Blood, though? Because it's like... I don't think so. Because it was fucking cool. Yeah, no, it look. Um, yeah, he looks. It looks real scary, but it, I think it is kind of funny that you can see they just have normal human hands. Yeah, but the, a mask. There's no hand makeup. Wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dick stabs him with a special knife, and it does, and then does a big kick. They got him. The <laughs> I love the stab with the special knife, yeah. and then he's pulling it out, so he kicks it back in. Like, yeah. <laughs> So fucking lame and awesome. <laughs> I, I don't think it was lame at all. I think it was great. Um, Doom Patrol, they play badminton for a while. They start to try to escape the thing. Uh, the walls start closing in. Cyborg shoots a gun at the roof and then they reappear at Star Labs. Uh, Tim finds them. Um, there is not one question about any of Gar's shit. We are immediately talking about Super Tetris. So, I don't think the... <laughs> Yep. So, so is it possible that they didn't have enough content in their current story, so they had to tack in an episode and a half worth of Gar stuff? I think that it's entirely possible that at this point, neither the actors nor the writers knew what happens in the episode, <laughs> Dude, Where's My Gar? And so are unable to refer to it. Uh, Corey has a good line, which is, Sebastian is killing the world with evil Donkey Kong. Break the law, Tim. Yeah, that was my... See, my thing about that line is she can see the game. Mm-hmm. Everyone can see the game. It looks nothing like any version of Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's not a racing game. It looks more like Galaga. It's actually quite... It's actually, Corey, it's actually more like Tetris. It's even not like I don't Tetris. Know if, I don't know if you know. 
the design of the game is f- horrific. <laughs> it's so bad. It's not that hard to come up with just like a concept, a very general concept for a game that connects thematically. To, and I guess there's like a builds community, but we've said it already. Tetris, Tetris doesn't do that. Um, Tetris is famously a one-player game. <laughs> Uh, Mother Mayhem comes back to life in the morgue. I don't know how or why. Do you know how? Uh, I don't know. Um, Could it be explained by the fact that his power is no longer in the game? But, like, he he set her on fire. Because... Burnt her to a crisp. He burned her... Yeah, but, 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 but. She's obviously imbued with the same sort of power that he has. Yeah. So maybe when Rachel cuts ties, when they defeat that thing, something, and then about the game that. is destroyed, so everything he put into the game is released somewhere else. Again, like, goes to her. It doesn't have to make sense, but just tell me. Yeah. Just have, tell me what the reason is. And everyone is making fun of Sebastian online. <laughs> biggest game for like literally six hours earlier they're like this is the best thing we've ever seen it's so good yeah and then immediately but the thing is you the, hate him the game isn't failing because it kills people it's just like the computers go bad and yeah. like they fuck with the code yeah but then you could also just re-release the original code because the game would work without the magic it just works as a game yeah and if people for six hours are fucking addicted to this shit as soon as you release the safe version, people will still play that because yeah. they're like, yeah, this was amazing. Yeah. Obviously, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, so like LexCorp could still make billions off of this game. <laughs> yeah. As lame as that would be. Yep. Um, but everyone's making fun of Sebastian and oh, <laughs> he does not like that. He doesn't like that. He's getting real school shooter energy now. Don't be mean <laughs> to him. Episode 11, Project Starfire. Sebastian is upset. Connor's trying to be like, it's all good. Just chill out, mate. Don't worry about it. Um, Mayhem hooks back up with the cult. I'm not sure what they've been doing this whole time. She rips some chick's heart out to make a new crystal. That was his girlfriend. That was the, that girl- was the girlfriend he okay, ducked. Cool. And she said, I've never slept with anybody else. <laughs> she said that for some reason. Cool. Cool, dude. Um, Dick tells... Um, oh, yeah. So this is... Uh, Tim goes to Gotham to find Venter. We've, I think we've covered this. Um, yeah. The old Tim, Tim sh- gets a training montage with Tim Red Hood. Look. Just so Jason gets to be in an episode. And it's great. I love Jason. Love, it's love, actually pretty good. Lovely to see him. Uh, but I was happy for him to not be in this season because his story was resolved as well. And I just I don't like having bits of people. I would have um, preferred if he came back now to be in the last episode as well. This is the second last episode of the season. Yep. You cannot take one of the team members to a whole other city to do a training montage. If you're not trained now, it's not going to happen. Okay. But you can though. They did. They did it. It was great. No. No. We've got Super Tetris to deal with. <laughs> and he's one of our main nerds. <sighs> the bat sign is up over Gotham. So I'm like, is Batman still doing stuff? Or do they just have that there 24-7, hoping he comes back one day? Well, maybe the Bats line works for Red Hood now. Maybe. I thought Batman went away. Yeah. At the end of the third season. I thought he did as well. Yeah. It's like, I've murdered somebody. I thought I'm he was gonna going to go. Yeah. Mayhem confronts Sebastian again. Is like, come on, do Trigon now, please. <laughs> and she hits him with like a buzzer handshake using the new red crystal. Um This all gets real confusing. Rachel Gar, an unnamed Star Labs woman 
figure out the plan that Corey had to track Connor's heat signature, which she was keeping secret because she just wants to kill like Sebastian and maybe also Connor now. Yep. Um, Connor tries to explain to Sebastian yet again that his mother is using him. Jason demonstrates he's better at fighting. Once again, the show is almost over. What is the point of this? Coriander finds Mercy Graves to ask where Connor is. But isn't he very publicly running LexCorp? Yep. Okay. Dick and others arrive, and as usual, are like, don't kill anyone. Now Mercy explains that Lex was trying to replicate Coriander's powers to stop Brother Blood who he knew would come along at some point, I guess, as a result of his investigations into the occult, which were to solve his terminal illness from kryptonite poisoning. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Connor. Connor summons one of the cult guys and forces him to tell the truth about what bringing back Trigon will mean to Sebastian. Sebastian is very upset by this and vomits the red crystal, then he drinks that guy's blood from his arm, um, and this increases his power somehow. Because his blood was infused with the magic of Mother Mayhem, and that's how he gets his powers back. Bam. When did he lose his powers? When he when the when the game died. Why did that make him lose his power? Because his mother came back, and they were like, "Oh, the t- he he was like the Titan stole my power. I'm not connected to Rachel anymore." And then Connor's like, "No, oh, your mom's not, alive." Because he's not connected to Rachel. Or the game. Yeah. So then he loses the power. Yeah. But now he gets it from drinking the blood of a cult member. Because the magic is imbued there somehow. Okay. Who knows? But then after this, Connor is like, okay, I might have gone a bit far here. And he turns good again. I think. Why was... would Connor want to give Sebastian his power back? Because he was still yeah, just trying I don't, to keep I don't know why Sebastian... Connor didn't just kill him as soon as the game was destroyed. Like, yep, you're even... the bad guy proper. Click yeah. off the head. Mother even... Mayhem's the bad guy. Yeah, because Connor is edgy now, but seemingly still not... He's not trying to bring about the end of the world. No, Connor is edgy enough to he's like kill Lefeuille. this person. Yeah. Because that person's evil is now ob- vanquished. vanquished yeah. You can kill him, his powers are gone. That's the obvious move. And now the bad guy in the final episode is Mother Mayhem, as it should have been, because... They find Project Starfire, which is a bomb... That will either kill Brother Blood or everyone. Yep. And they're like, okay, well, let's give it's it a go then. <laughs> that's 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 fifty fifty odd, y'all. They try charging it up, but Dick pulls all the cables to stop it blowing everyone up, so it's not fully charged. It's two percent away from two percent away. Two percent. Connor goes to the cult cave where Sebastian and Mayhem are. Yeah. Sebastian tells his mum to fuck off yet again. Um. But this time, he stabs her with the Horn of Trigon, which I presume is a more permanent death than before. Although the Horn has never been established as a weapon of any kind. No, but when you get stabbed, it's it's worse than being burned. It does feel like kind of a big deal to be stabbed with the Horn of Trigon. And then she does turn into dust. And he absorbs the mayhem from her. He gets the power. Connor throws the Starfire grenade, but it just makes... (laughs) But it just makes Brother Blood more powerful and flamboyant. Wait, no, before that, Trigon comes. He, he blows the horn. He blows the horn at the end of this episode. So he yeah, but I Connor thought... throws a Starfire grenade. No, he but... takes on his medieval-looking suit with skull mask. 
and then he blows the horn. How do they say? Oh, yes, yes, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the crew and the gang are like, there's only one way to end this. And I, I don't know. I do enjoy, though, about. that it's 98% charged, this bomb blows up to its full effect there. Yeah. And he is literally fine. He's like, better. If in two, apparently in 2% more, he, he would get, have been dead. He gets his outfit from with, it. With 2%, he would have been eviscerated. Yeah. But he is literally fine. Well, I, I took it that because it wasn't strong enough to... It's like whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. He absorbed And that. he's absorbed the bomb. Yeah, it's so fucking stupid. So fucking stupid. Final episode, Titans Forever. <laughs> I was very confused. Like, why is he blowing the horn now? But there is a payoff for it. Trigon climbs out of the fire and he's like, you brought me back, but you were real wishy-washy about it for a while there. Rachel, Astral projects into the cave. <laughs> I don't like that Brenton... Connor's dead body. Brenton is still in a polo shirt. Don't like that. Sebastian just attacks Trigon and rips out his heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is sick now. <laughs> This is great. This is actual, like, this is real transformation. Like, his character does a full transformation, you know. So I like that. And some people seem to be upset by it. I am okay with him just because we've seen Trigon before. We don't have to do Trigon again. Him being someone who's already got all this other stuff and then just absorbs the power of Trigon. By, by eating like, the heart, drinking the blood from the heart, I want, still beating heart. I wanted him to eat the heart more like... I the, wanted a bite of the heart I wanted a bite of the heart, Dothraki style. Mm. But instead he just sort of squeezes the juices into his mouth. Yeah, he, he, still pretty good. He drinks the life's blood of a still beating heart. Yeah. Um, yeah, did you like Trigon dying like that? I mean, I was used to it because that's what happened last time. Yeah, because I, I felt like there's been no... I mean, I think Sebastian needed to be way more powered up after it because he's drunk the blood of, like, a being that has ruled over millions of worlds. Yeah. Like, in season one, when he's walking along and all the plants die, Sebastian should have been more like that after the fact. But I feel like you've been building up to this guy's reappearance the whole season, and I feel like he reappears, but you immediately jump to a character even more powerful than him. Mm. By his power being absorbed. So, like, structurally, I didn't mind that, but. <sighs> and also, you don't have to have a CGI character for the whole last episode, which would be very difficult to do. Yeah. Um, and then. They get Connor's body out of the cave somehow and back to the Scooby van. Dick has red kryptonite. Crypto is there being sad and says, as we said before, Connor's obviously going to wake up at some point. Dick makes a dinner reservation for that Friday for six, even though there'll be seven of them because Crypto is there. Coriander considers sacrificing herself to destroy Brother Blood. They head back to the city in the Scooby van and locate Old Mate at this weapons storage facility. Finally, we're all suited up. Tim Drake is just there as well. Another classic just sort of appears. Um, they have an initial fight, but it was just an illusion. Yeah. And Sebastian isn't really there. He was just a force ghost. Um, <laughs> Sebastian disguises himself as a human and goes to Star Labs because they shut down his super Tetris. So he's angry about it. Cut to Bernard just waking up eventually. Yeah, from his coma. And he sees this happening on the security cameras. And I did think for a while that Brother Blood was controlling him because he keeps looking up at Bernard through the security camera and acts like he's talking to him. 
but he's not. You know, that's no, just he's just looking at the cameras, so he's giving his that's he's by the by fucking speech to the cameras, so they record it. Sebastian blood attacks everyone in the foyer, and they seemingly die. And I'm glad that some people do die. The bad person actually just does actually does something bad. Yeah, we need some casualties. And there's like sixty of them. Bernard calls the gang, and they explain Project Icarus, not to be confused with Project Starfire from the previous episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, Brenton is unsuited and back in his polo shirt. It's a work day, Dick. Let's stay suited. Uh, now, Project Icarus is a wormhole, but Earth doesn't have enough energy to operate it. And they realize Sebastian is going to do that because he wants to destroy Tamaran. And Earth. I would not have guessed that Sebastian knows what Tamaran is. Me neither. Truly bizarre left-field objective. <laughs> they get to Star Labs. Bernard's the guy in the chair. Coriander gets mind-controlled up into the Icarus chamber while the others are running up the stairs like a bunch of non-superheroes. Somehow she beats them by walking. Yeah, or she gets like zoomed up there. I don't know. So a Trigon was worried. So Sebastian has all of Trigon's memories now. Mm-hmm. And Trigon was worried that he wouldn't be able to beat Earth and Tamaran if they united. So Sebastian wants to destroy them so no one can ever have power over him. Yep. Okay, fine. But I sort of read Trigon as already being orders of magnitude yeah. above and beyond any of this shit. So- like, it takes more than two planets to kill Trigon. He's like a celestial demon king, isn't he? Uh that's what, what I think we were led to believe. Yeah. Like I've always he's like a he's like a celestial level villain. Yeah, he's but, an Avengers um, level threat. He's an Avengers level threat. So Sebastian argues with her about whether he's a god or not. It's not a good sign, is it, if you have to yell, I am a god. Yeah. Good line though. Yeah. Good line. I, it's a, it's perfect for the character. It's a great moment. So, and he's, and he's doing his final speech. Well, my whole life, all I wanted was love and acceptance, and all I got in return was cruelty and pain. Kind of. A lot I of mean, that was self-inflicted. You had a perfectly successful taxidermy business, which can't be that easy to get off the ground. You wouldn't think so. You had a beautiful, loving, adoptive mother. Um, and a you could woman have had... came into your taxidermy business, didn't get creeped out by the whole thing. Yeah. And managed to overlook your whole deal. <laughs> And the tech people that declined the, your first pitch for what is undeniably a bad game idea were pretty nice about it overall. <laughs> yeah. It's not like they threw a croissant in your face they and told you to fuck off. They didn't laugh in your face. They no. just said no thank you and then laughed behind your back. They behind and that's back. what people do. That's how we do it. Yeah. So, but I, you know. If you go through your life point. not assuming people laugh behind your back, yeah, you're an idiot. This is where Sebastian needed some henchmen from to find. The gang gets into the chamber and Dick just starts punching Sebastian, which didn't really seem to me like an option anymore. I didn't yeah, I mean, think... I thought he would be like a brick wall. He'd just like take it like Superman, yeah. like punching Superman. Yeah, I thought, yeah, but that's, instead, that's no, punching is still very much an option. They start pulling cables out to depower the wormhole. Yeah. Gar is really struggling to pull those out, which made me think 
this would be a good moment to turn into a gorilla or something. Yep. But instead, just old human Gar <laughs> is really taking his time. Yeah, he to was pull already a gorilla just out. outside the door. Just moments before. Yeah. Um, could have been a bird to fly up the stairs. Could have. Tim and Dick versus Sebastian, which is good, given that Sebastian is seemingly just a man fighting. Um, having Tim and Dick both being Robin level fighting now, it mm. seems. And Sebastian, like the choreography of this is good. Mm. I love that two-on-one fight style, and ends up with Sebastian just like whipping Dick with his own with his own stick, just right yep. in the face. Good moments. Rachel uses mind powers to wake up Coriander, and then guess what? Connor walks in the room, doesn't fly through a wall, <laughs> doesn't just like to save up. the day. Just as always walks into frame it's just no he's already in frame finds him in the room because dick goes i don't know where he, he came can. in from. the choreography and like the geography <laughs> of stuff is always a little bit vague but he anyway he hurrah so but like the last time these two fought in the cave brother blood just annihilated superboy uh-huh. and took him out not this time though. but now connor just punches him into the wormhole engine and it's done um he red eyes him in the arms yeah. first and then punches him into the engine bit yeah. and that's zapping him and then Dick throws the the zappy zappy stuff and adds yeah. that just like a <laughs> like salt on the wound just like throws that yeah zappy zappy in straight in there it's and like, it just adds a little bit of extra lining like, looks yeah. like this camel's back needs a straw <laughs> and so that so dude's fucked up brother blood is just like knocked down and then they're all like, so no. we should throw him in the wormhole, right? Dick has a great idea. Like, let's send him to the other side of the universe to see what happens. That's fucking cool. And what if he comes um, back? And they're like, no, nah, like, shit comes back. Remember the asylum from before? I vote we blow him up. And Coriander is like, I think I need to kill myself mm. and uh, to destroy him. But also the power of 10,000 suns. Let's do that just in the sky above Metropolis. Is it 10,000 suns? Yeah. Not not go through a wormhole here to the other side of the yeah, universe. Blow the... him up over there. Yeah, true. And see what happens. Yeah. You know, point. somewhere else. Somewhere away. Yeah. Just fly, fly. If we're doing this, fly him into a black hole or something. Yeah. And then blow up. And then do 10,000 suns. Because, <laughs> like, Further, no, presumably keep... the power of 10,000 suns. Above Metropolis? Is it's a on, shitty place to do that. That's a, that's a real fucking shitty place. Keep to do going. <laughs> Keep a little, going. A little higher. Keep going. Nah, I can I can still fully see you. Keep going. <laughs> okay, there. That's good. Ten thousand suns. Good luck. <laughs> Just do it on the other side of Jupiter. Yeah. Jupiter will protect us, right? Not even there. That's way too close. <laughs> Needs to be outside the solar system. It's ten thousand suns. <sighs> God. Okay, so what did you think of this bit? How she blows herself up? She gets she gets fully blowed up. And they're all crying and sad? Then it cuts to Christmas time. And when she comes back, after she comes back, obviously. No. Before she comes back. Oh, yeah, but we see her face straight away. I thought it was a flashback. It is a flashback. Never mind. Is it? Yeah, it's a flashback. It's them at Christmas time the year before. We're supposed to think she's dead. Because... Um, Are we supposed to think it's a flash? It's a flashback because Connor has hair. Yeah. And we do see him with hair later on as well, but that's a flash forwards. This is this is a flashback because they're talking about stuff and living their lives together. It's Christmas. It is a flashback. 
So we're supposed to think she's dead and they're just talking about life. And this is this See, is one I th- of their good memories. Here's what I thought was happening. Mm. I thought we were seeing like a, either, it, well, I guess it works as a flashback as well. Or in the moment I thought this is like. Of what could have been. This is what could have been. Yeah. This is a flash sideways mm. of the one remaining flash the show has in its, <laughs> in its You'd arsenal. You'd think so. <laughs> um, like in a way, this is what all the, crew are thinking of like the life they could have led together now that they've destroyed all the villains and you see that world and you see what could have been or you see or you think you flash to the future and Corey just survived somehow and it's just not explained the first bit when i saw her i'm like okay this is the future but then connor has hair connor has hair but that could just be the future but but it's clear that he's regular connor again and then when it draws you back from that beautiful christmas vision don't know why it's christmas but that beautiful vision back to that rooftop, and they were all just looking up at the explosion, crestfallen. Mm. I was like, "Ah, oh, that's great." Yeah, because you've 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 just like twisted the knife on this already very emotional moment of the death of this character, mm-hmm. and then she just comes back. I think the flashback being Christmas, I would have preferred it if it was just a flashback to them playing bowling and eating stuff at the start. That's just more good. of that scene. Because that's yeah. a bookend for the season. It's like back to this is when that's we were good. all happy at the start. Like we were living yeah. our lives as a team on a road trip. Because they, they reflect fondly on that bowling alley multiple times. Yes, they do. In the season. And like if we got a flashback to that, just new dialogue in that scene Yeah, of them like, this is pretty good. We're, we're a family, right? Yeah, it's cool. That would have been cool. She comes back. She's okay. Everyone had a bit of a cry, but she's all right. She's fine. And then She's they- unchanged. It's not explained why she survived. She's just all powerful. We just she has the cool gold orangey glow now. Yeah, which she's supposed to have, which is cool. So, I would have preferred her to die same properly. Um, but then she wouldn't get to have that kid from her vision with Dick. No, but you Even know, though they're going to take it slow. Or if someone does live, something needs to be different. Mm-hmm. I need a good reason. She needs and to not have hands. Yeah. Yeah. She blew them up. Yeah. Mm. Lose a hand. Or Lose be blinded. Something. Yeah. By her own powers. You need to give something up. Mm. Or lose all her hair. It blows off her hair. Yeah. Sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Any some, of something cool. Some, yeah. Something, something cool. cool. Yeah. No eyebrows anymore. No eyebrows. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> she gets she gets alopecia. She gets from her the eyebrows explosion. singed from the explosion. Yeah. Of herself. You know, she exploited herself. You know, I mean, I want her and Dick to live happily ever after, obviously, but the fact that she, I guess, like she was willing to kill herself, um, but the fact that it has just real, it doesn't have any consequences, emotional or otherwise. Like Iron Man is willing to kill himself, but then survives in Avengers. That at least that has emotional consequences for him oh, yeah, and drives it fucks his. Him, fucks him up for, for years. Fucks him up for years and makes him make bad choices down the line. So. Yeah. You know, you could call that a fake-out death, but in the context of the overall story, uh, those actions have consequences. Yes, they do. In this, it's just like, oh, it's, it's, this is just a fake-out death, <laughs> unfortunately. And so I, I didn't love that, to be honest. They all go out for dinner, and they say how their life's going to be fine now. They're going to go to community college or whatever. Yeah, they've all got their plans for the future. They've all got their plans. Dick and Coriander walk off over the bridge 
as the sun rises. Oh, Dick has one more conversation with Connor, and he's like, oh, I was pretty evil. I'm not the same guy Kal-El wanted to meet. Um, and Dick says, but it's why you were doing that evil stuff. That's what's important. Was it for you, or was it for everyone i think it seemed like it was for him it was it was pretty clear it's, cut for him it was, I, he seemed to be sort of vibing and enjoying being evil that's what i was saying although he did like when he was there he was clearly doing evil stuff for achieving the purpose of defeating this bad guy it seemed like he was intermittent i it seemed to me like he was doing evil stuff and then just intermittently losing a uh, confidence <laughs> <laughs> i hate the last shot of the series is okay. him flying with a terrible wig, like it's a bad wig, but also it's just a shit shot. And we see Superman's boot, just a boot. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> so good. They had a really nice closing scene mm-hmm. and closing shot mm-hmm. of Dick and Corey walking over the San Francisco Bridge, sun rising, new day, yep. we're moving on. They're happy now. They're at peace. And then the closing seconds is Superboy in a really bad wig flying against a bad CGI background (laughs) screaming wahoo like Super Mario. (laughs) Cut to black. cool. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a mistake. Spin-off. Superboy in crypto. That was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) You sure? Uh, that's, That's all I'll say on that. That was... It's a misstep. That was an error. So I think that's... I mean, I'd like, and it's a real shame to leave it on that note. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots I liked about that final episode. Um, but, yeah, that ending. Truly bizarre. But none of that is Brenton's fault. This is correct. Brenton has continued to do solidly strong work throughout this show. And... And we have continued to suffer the consequences. We'll see. We'll see what that. We'll see what that comes to. And I think I've covered everything I had to say. I mean, we have been talking for close to three and a half hours, bro. Bro. Oh yeah, that's another point someone made. It's not really established how or why Connor is able to inherit LexCorp as a clone. <laughs> yeah. Not a real son. It's not like you would assume, like, even one dialogue of, yeah, the will says it's yours. Yeah. And Just the fa- one, one line of dialogue. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Rachel has a familial relationship with Sebastian, she kind of has it with Mother Mayhem as well. But I don't think they have one scene together. And I think more of Rachel and Sebastian having a formative relationship would have been good. Yeah. A lot of things could have been done better. I've... There's a lot of articles on Screen Rant about Titans in season four. <laughs> yeah. And some of them are just sort of complaining about different aspects. <laughs> and I think some of them do just speak to, at a writing level, how hard it can be to follow, especially for someone unfamiliar with the source material, as I am. Definitely. And it's, and it's just like lots of little things, you know? It's lots of little things that add up. It's, I think it's, One of, the inherent problem is it tries to do too much. Yeah. tries to do too much and it's not it's not hard to do less because it would feel better it feel you'd feel more less would if be it did more less. Yeah. yeah and w- i think a good example of this is uh, just the the phrase azrath metrion zinthos i'd like to read to you uh, well, let's close with a reading oh, from you. screen rant so 
It is unclear precisely how the Raven of Titan Season 4 knows the Azrath Metreon Zinthoth chant. While her biological mother utilised the alias Angela Azrath, this version of Raven grew up ignorant of her powers and never travelled to the realm of Azrath. Indeed, Raven didn't receive any formal training in controlling her powers until she travelled to Themyscira and spent most of Titan Season 3 studying with the Amazons. It is also unclear what this training entailed, but what little was shown seemed to be devoted to teaching Rachel self-control and humility rather than any direct knowledge of sorcery. The most likely explanation is Raven learned the chant sometime after her battle with Trigon in Titan Season 2 premiere. Raven seemed to be fighting something that was trying to take control of her while she slept throughout Titan Season 2, mimicking the constant battle for dominance Raven fought against her father in the comics. It would seem, based on the flashbacks of Mae Bennett's life before she became Mother Mayhem in Episode 4 Super Supermart, that the Azrath Metreon Zinthos chant gives Trigon access to a person's soul, making it likely Raven knew the chant and was trying to resist this influence. Just how much work they're having to do to try to, to figure out it, yeah. this connection. And the more you look into it, the more just like uh, loose ends you find <laughs> in the whole story. I forgot that she was asleep. So That's part of it. And she goes to Themyscira that time. Yeah. We don't score Brenton's things out of 10. We rank them. We're a ranking podcast. This is the 22nd thing going on the Brenton Thwaites list. The top three things are the previous three seasons. Where does this go in terms of the seasons of Titans for you? I think it's the worst one. You think it's the worst one? Yeah. You know, I'm weirdly sympathetic to that. Dude Where's My Gar does a lot, makes, is... Brings it down. Yeah. A lot, yeah. See, I don't even... I don't... So, it's... it's what happened in season is, two? <laughs> is his is the list for Brenton literally Titans 1, 2, 3... It's Titans 312. Okay. Then okay, I met okay. a girl, Office Uprising, an interview with God, Parts of the Caribbean. Okay, cool. Gods of Egypt, Son of a Gun. Okay. What is season two about? Deathstroke. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. And his daughter. The daughter of Deathstroke. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then, like, they introduce Jason Todd and immediately turn him into Red Hood instead of, like, giving it a couple of seasons of him being Jason yeah. Todd and, like... Yeah, no, one is better than two. Yeah. Um, Even though two has is this the better actual than bad two? guy. The bad guy for season one should have fucking been dead. I think this is better than two. Okay. Because remember at the end of that, the brother's living inside his sister's body and stuff? Oh, God, yeah, that's weird. I think I think the I think the climax of this is definitely better than the climax of season Agreed. two. Season two, they just sort of had like have a fight in the street. Agreed. And Deathstroke is a cool actor and performance, but Deathstroke should have been the Titans' proper villain. Season two has, I think, has lots more flashbacky stuff, which they get over in season three, and they stay over in this. We get visions and stuff, but it's not too bogged down. Yeah. So, I think this is third. I think season two is still at the bottom. Time season four, baby. Okay, well, we've got to move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, do we have to rank this for Brendan? 
No, I think this is the best. This this is the best um, Nightwing, because obviously he and Nightwing can only get better. Yeah. Oh, you mean which Brent? Which Brenton would win in a fight? I was saying, do we have to rank this for Brendan Fraser? Oh, not in the slightest. Okay. All right. No. Okay. Yeah. Let's just let's just leave the Brenton rankings as they are in terms of who would win in a fight. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about something that will be um, that will take less time to watch and talk about. <laughs> Hopefully, what are we watching? Glory days, baby. Glory days. Glory days. D a z e. That's it. Nice. I think, I think Matthew McConaughey's in it. It's going to be good. That is cool. Um. That's it. It's we finished. Says, we finished right, Titans right, for the first time in. It's not this. I don't think. No, I think it is. Is it? I think it is. But we're going to find out. Yeah, young Matthew McConaughey. Dazed and confused. Ah, oh, that's the fuck. That's, Same though. Dazed. I see. I see where you're going. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, we're very tired, and um, <laughs> uh, join us next time for more exceptional. Theft of your time, I guess. Happy New Year.